Hello. Welcome to Dish Knows Nothing. I'm Michael Dishno. Sometimes we'll talk about stuff, and other days we'll talk about things. Some days we're just going to talk about what's on my mind. This is a warning. Thank you for listening. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, evening, or whenever you listen to this. It's a pleasure to be heard by you, I suppose, um, <laughs> and to uh, hopefully hear from you about these episodes. I know, uh, actually, okay, no, I I say it every single time I have a guest. I'm not going to make him sit here quietly, so um, <laughs> I have things to say and we'll get into them, but uh, guys, I got a guest, and I'm super stoked for this this episode because there was a few of those topics that like... It's like, this would be a good topic for this guest, or this would be a good topic for this guest, and kind of like curating that experience. And my guest today is one of those that I'm, I've been very excited for. And I will say, I plan to do it sooner, and then scheduling things happen, and everyone and their mothers was getting sick. And it's finally happening. Last episode before the finale here, my guest is Justin Tripp. Hello. I'm so, I'm so excited to be here talking with you yeah, just I'm, now. I'm so glad uh, to finally have you. It's it's exciting. We got some fun things in store for topics for everyone, and we'll get to all that. And we'll get to who Justin is um, in a quick minute. But I think there was just one thing on my mind in reflection of this podcast that I wanted to say on the last episode before the finale, because I don't know what that's really going to look like definitively. I know that everyone's not essentially caught up 100%, and I for sure I understand that because some of these these episodes are hefty um if you guys are caught up and you're listening to this you know the last episode with Matt was two hours and 49 minutes <laughs> and honestly that blew me away and so um I would not blame you if if you're not caught up and if you're here if you're skipping around I won't even blame you I I, I noticed the other day I was uh <clears throat> shamelessly plugging my podcast with someone or they asked me about it I didn't bring it up but they asked me about it like oh I haven't listened to it and I was like oh like don't worry but, oh, Bentley's trying to get in, classic. Yeah. <clears throat> um, the podcast, I realize, is kind of set up by topic and in the name to hopefully pique the interest that way so that you don't feel like you have to listen to every single one. But if you see one with a name and you're like, oh, that sounds interesting, jump in. Um, but, you know, this has been a wild ride, to say the least, just doing podcasts, having guests. I've had so many phenomenal conversations with people that I'm sure I'll reflect on more when I have them all back here for the finale. But, um, thank you for, for listening. For those of you who have been consistent and sending me like feedback and all that good stuff. And those of you who rated me on the podcast app, I've read them and they're fantastic. So thank you so much. <laughs> Someone gave me, I think a four star and I was like, Oh, <laughs> which I understand. Nice. I get it. Um, but thank you. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, though, we're going to learn about Justin Tripp before before we dive in. And I think for the next four hours that we're recording, I'm just kidding. <laughs> four, four hours later. For, for that. Just next- learning about Justin Tripp. <laughs> like, no topics. Just, who is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is this person? Um, <laughs> I think the whole episode will, will feel like getting to know you, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I think... Before we get into the classic questions, I have one question specified for you, and I'll let you sip your water real quick. Um, 
I think knowing your background and knowing who you are and, and all that, I think one question would be cool to have you answer um, and have the people get to know you by, uh, where do babies come from? Where do <laughs> babies come from? Oh, I'm just kidding. It's, it's, um, <laughs> there's a planet. Um, it's really well known and there's a wormhole. It involves wormholes, I believe. <laughs> And all kinds of crazy, uh, yeah. yeah, science. It's science. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I may just have a complete misunderstanding, you were a biology teacher for a time. I was. I did teach biology. Um, Where? As one of my subjects. Uh, so, uh, New Zealand. Um, yeah, just, you know. Thanks for putting in the name drop early. Um, I always wanted to be a teacher. I think uh, I stayed a long time in college so that I could become a teacher. And I learned as much as I could about many things. Um, you know, I, I know a lot about many things, but I am a master of none, as it <laughs> were. Um, and so I thought, yeah, I'll teach. And then I did for a while in a high school in New Zealand among other, I used to be a, I don't know if I have mentioned this to you, but I, I taught outdoor science to like middle schoolers here I in California. That, yeah. um, so that's how I started. And then I ended up teaching science um, as one of the subjects. I also taught art and some of the, the basic things, mm-hmm. um, but it was fun. I learned a lot. I had a lot of really great students, a lot of, a lot of stories from that. And, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I do love science. That's red. I think I'm going to point it out. Um, it's funny. I have no like set rules for the podcast, mm-hmm. but uh, it's funny. I'm sitting here. I've never sat on this side of the couch. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I just, just, I just, yeah. I just, everyone, I took the spot, didn't even know yeah. it. And Inherently, I took his spot. The majority of my guests have come in and sat on this side. Yeah. And so I just like fall there and I'm not like, oh, like sit here, sit there, whatever. Yeah. I just like set up the mics and it happens and you came in and I was like, I'll roll with it. Let's do it. Like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh i'm just exerting my alpha dominance right <laughs> off the bat yeah, yeah yeah i just want to make sure <laughs> can you, you mansplain know really what alpha charge. dominance is i mean <laughs> i love mansplaining hence the teacher background so i would love to go into way too much detail about yeah <laughs> no, no 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 um in a in a general sense to get to know you mm-hmm. uh, what do you want the people of the internet to know the people of the internet um Wow, that's such an open-ended it's, it's question. A, yeah, it could be it's a anything. big one. It could you be, can just be like, yeah, my first name anything. is Justin, and we can yeah. leave it at that. If you About prefer. me, I think um, for those that have met me, I like to leave an impression of someone who genuinely cares about your interests and your things. Um, I spent a lot of my youth talking about me and being one of those like one-up <sighs> kind of people that like you tell a story I'm going to tell a story and it's going to be a little bit better <laughs> and that's that was my goal and then um, luckily in life someone was like you know you don't always have to talk and I was like yeah okay um, and so uh, I like to listen I like to learn uh, so something to know about me is I'm super nerdy mm. and I'm into a lot of things and I like to also hear what people are into and uh it's kind of fun to listen to these podcasts and and to hear from people i know that you've had on there and people i don't know mm-hmm. um who you'll meet 
at the finale. Yeah. Yeah. I'm excited for that. But yeah, I, I always used to introduce myself as like, I'm, I'm a nerd and I'm, I'm proud of that. I have a lot of interests. I love learning new things and incorporating it. I have a hard time sticking with any one thing. I get into something really heavy and then move on to something else Mm -hmm. and then kind of bring everything along. And so I'm great at a quiz night usually (laughs) um, because I know so much about so many things. But then like if it gets too detailed, then I'm I'm no good. Yeah. I will say I'll I'll commend you on that because I feel like I get that uh, intention from you. I think it works out because a lot of our interests line up. So it seems very natural. It's true. But uh, I would I would say you do a pretty good job of that. So thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, Yeah. yeah, But uh, folks, I've known Justin for some time now. He's actually in uh, my main D&D group. Well, actually, my only D&D group. Um, And we've had some crazy adventures over the years for (laughs) sure. Um, I think the fire is getting to me. Yeah. 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 The, uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Campfire. If I need to blow the actual candle out, you let me know. It might, it might actually be that. Yeah. I could do it. Um, I'm going to do it. All right. Yeah. It is, it is one of those things, viewers. I'm also very sensitive. Um, this is something that I've, I've learned. I've been through a few things, but in general, I'm kind of like the canary in the in the mine. That uh, I'm the I'm the human being that if like if something's happening, like you know pollen in the air, or if there's something in the food, like I'm the one that's going to react or <laughs> freak out. So yeah. if there's a if there's a scented candle in the room, I may <clears throat> I may uh, react to that. So yeah. thank you. I, w- I was taking the risk there. I was like. I might do it too, because sometimes some scented candles in like an enclosed room will do it. Yeah. But I was like, let's yeah, find out. It had a nice vibe to it. It was all right. But yeah, we're both. It sounds like we're at a campfire. <laughs> yeah, we're right? here at night. Yeah, because it also had the look the at wicks. the stars. Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. it. Um, but yeah, cool. Um, I think the rest of the podcast will really get to know Justin more too as it opens up and we get into some of these topics. But without. Uh, any further delay to know about our sponsors and our song of the day for those of you who just have been sitting at the edge of your seat in your car way too close to the wheel ready to go and listen to these here it is sponsors for today i will not relent stance stance i love your socks i've had people been gifting me socks since i started this podcast because of this and i'm not at all fishing for gifts from my friends and my people or my sponsors even but stance an email you know, it would be awesome. Uh, or a letter that would be cool. Um, or just entirely full blown sponsorship. We just go with it. You know, I'm ready when you are super stoked. Season two would be a perfect time to start, uh, in the new year. <clears throat> Second sponsor though, for today, uh, mainly because I was just talking to him prior to doing this, Nick Curris, great friend, great guy. Love him. Beautiful eyes. If you guys never seen Nick's eyes, uh, I might post a picture of one maybe with this episode <laughs> just totally out of That's context the cover shot yeah nick's eyes <laughs> just a beautiful shot of nick's eyes yeah uh, he is a good friend he is a good sponsor and uh i love him so shout out to nick and stance the song of the day um i'm trying to get better at picking it sooner so i picked it a little bit sooner than last time it's a little bit last minute but uh this one i don't know if you know who wolfpeck is I don't know if I do. Yeah. Uh, Back Pocket by Wolfpack is the song of the day. Wolfpack. Um, they're nice. a cool band. They're very like funky. 
um, some talented musicians for sure in the in the group there. And I chose this song because it's it's funky, but also it's kind of like got those random sounds in there where you're like, hmm, like R and B funk, um, <clears throat> or like more different. Different. different funky different yeah, yeah yeah not like old school funk okay more like new age type of funk type of stuff and uh really talented cool stuff and i don't know the, the song i was listening to and i was like this kind of reminds me of some of the art that i've seen of the uh shameless plug for your your art Ooh. there um <laughs> for those of you who don't know um but me and justin both know so you know we'll share yeah. um, i mean it, it would be hard besides the last name i i don't <laughs> post art under justin trip yeah so it i do have uh, a, a name vitriol um which actually means to spout poison <clears throat> which you know i think that uh I got really into studying alchemy. I mean, when I was in college, I was learning both science and art and the alchemists were some of the first scientists, but also had incredible artwork. So I was obviously drawn to that. And vitriol, V-I-T-R-I-O-L, is actually an acronym for the stages of alchemy. Oh. And then it's also a type of, it's used like, you speak vitriol which is like a poison but i always like the concept that it's toxicity but alchemists use that toxicity to help break down metals and purify things so it's a constant reminder to me that you can use things that are toxic in this world to actually do some good um, and that any toxic moment can actually be a learning moment and so I use it as a gamer tag and mm-hmm. always have because I just think if you game, you know what toxicity is. <laughs> it's true, especially if you open that chat up to public. Um, <laughs> and so I like that. And so, yeah, uh, I do have an Instagram where I dabble in artificial intelligently created art under the name Vitriol Trips AI Adventure. And it's been it has been an adventure. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I yeah. do enjoy it. I will say as one of the followers of the adventure, it's been really cool to see even like how the art has evolved has been really cool and like how much better With it each gets. version that yeah. comes out. It gets, it gets more and more elaborate. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I would recommend guys a follow there. Um, supporting friends is one of my favorite things to do. So I'd recommend it unbiasedly as I could say that. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I, I, I don't like the term influencer. I think <laughs> my whole my whole thing on Instagram is like I don't want to influence. I want to inspire. But inspirer is a mouthful. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you wanna you wanna be inspired by some stuff created by robots that I help direct, check it out. Yeah, it's beautiful art. And I think uh, this song more reminded me. I think of some of the uh, landscape stuff that you had done uh, earlier on, and that's why it kind of. Cho- I don't know. I just was listening to it. And I was like, hmm. I can I can see some of that stuff. So, uh, song shout out to you. Nice. And uh, I hope you guys go listen to it. Think of us. We'll think of you when we listen to it later. Um, but really, without further ado, if there's nothing else to tell the people preliminarily, I mean, we're ready. the whole the whole episode could be telling the people about stuff. I it like. is. It it really is. And yeah. I will admit, folks, this episode has a wide range of fun stuff and serious stuff. Uh, I think we're going to start with fun stuff and go towards more serious uh, and just see what happens. And who knows? Um, I say it every episode, but who knows where this will go, but I'm excited to see. So (laughs) buckle up. 
All right. So the first topic for today is lightsabers from Star Wars and their meaning. And I'll admit, uh, just to start, I, I've looked into this stuff before in the past, and I feel like as a, uh, <clears throat> also a nerd, especially around Star Wars, I like, yeah. I know a bit, and I, I could probably remember some stuff, but um, I didn't look up anything specific for this episode. I know you were saying... I did a little little research. <laughs> you were, you I were have my own ideas, for sure. I right. know what I'd like it to be. Right, that's but true. <laughs> there's definitely... A lot of lore out there, so I was I was brushing up on what was available. Star Wars, Star Wars was one of those things that um, I liked. Star Wars, I wouldn't have considered myself a huge Star Wars fan until I had my son. Like mm. I think that watching the movies with him when he was younger really reinvested me in that world, in the mythos. And I became a huge fan. I think before my son, I had watched the movies. I had gone on opening day because Mm. I go to opening day for everything. (laughs) Um, But I wasn't invested in the extended universe. So I wasn't reading books, Mm -hmm. which kind of now I'm glad I didn't because all the books that came out when I was younger are now no longer canon. So dodge that bullet. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, recently have been really diving into the books, um, especially the High Republic. It's, oh, it's so cool yeah. what they're doing with the High Republic stuff. And so, yeah, I was like, all right, let's let's kind of let's find out a little bit more about these lightsabers. And, you know, I think there's probably one of those things that happens where originally, you know, maybe George Lucas had an idea in his head from the start about the colors. Also, the colors may just have been the limitations of what could have been done on film in the 1970s. Yeah. Um, But then, you know, out of out of the popularity and and all of the stuff that's come of it now, there is definitely some information there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say one thing about you said. Um, I think I don't think about this too much, but Star Wars and like High Republic books and like that type of stuff are probably one of the things that get me close to wanting to change something about who I am. And it's that I wish I liked to read. I I don't like reading and I can't get myself to do it no matter how interested I am in like the topic, but that stuff like interests me a ton. And I know that there's like rumors for like future movies or TV shows in that era. And I think that'll be super rad. Yeah. I mean, I guess I've never books have always been easy. Yeah. Um, from a young age, I've been an avid reader. I think recently I tried to go through on Goodreads and kind of catch up with all the books that I've read and, and get in a collection. And at around 480, I like had to stop because like <laughs> I was having trouble even remembering along that. I, yeah. I average somewhere along the line of, you know, on a, on a slow year 10 because the books I'm reading are long to up to 35 books. Wow, it's something I do uh, often. I can't actually physically read books anymore because I have an issue where when I read, I disappear so thoroughly into the book that I forget to sleep, uh, eat, 
um, and basically exist in the world. Really? I've, I've definitely, I've read a book for three days straight and forgot to do some very basic things. Um, I didn't, you know, wear a diaper, but uh, <laughs> I did take some breaks and I yeah, yeah, realized yeah. I had to eat, but like it was, it was bad. So I've found that, um, audible actually, even though they're not one of your sponsors, but they could be, they could be, um, audible is amazing for me because I can read while walking or driving or doing the dishes or the laundry or uh, any of the things yeah. that allow me to use both my hands um, while I'm listening. And I got really into listening to audible books while drawing and painting and making art. And it's, mm, okay. it's, it's, it's fun. So um, I keep up that habit through audible. Um, but yeah, it's finding your interest, I think is the biggest thing. That's the gateway. Um, and then once the, the dam is breached, as it were, there's a whole crazy world out there. Yeah. And um, yeah, you can get lost in it for sure. That's good. That's, that's, it inspires me. Not enough to read, but it inspires <laughs> me. <laughs> good. I, I mean, good. Honest, yeah. I don't want, I don't want to change too dramatically. Yeah. It's right close. Now. Yeah. Yeah. That sounded but great. Just, I'm not going to do it, <laughs> but I like, I like the really, way that sounded. It really yeah. stokes me out for you. Yeah. But not for me. That's great. Because <laughs> yeah. I've had a ton of people, like I'll tell them I don't like to read and they're like, oh, you should try like audiobooks. I'm like, I just still can't. I don't know. It's still reading to you me. You haven't found your in yet. <laughs> yeah. You haven't found your in yet. It's true. You know? Also, there is there is power in saying I don't like to read over and over again. <laughs> you know? There is that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, it makes me a little bit better each time. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like to read. You don't want to disappoint anyone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then start reading. That would just be terrible. Yeah, if you messed yeah. up. My fans would be like, <laughs> all five of you. Thank now you he's so reading much. books. Thanks, Justin. <laughs> I actually, I don't know if you've caught any of the episodes. I've done a story time where I actually read a book. I have that memory builder book somewhere around here. It's like, it's pretty funny. I struggle reading because I'm not like, I'm not a good, I'm not an amazing reader. I can definitely read. Don't get, don't get that wrong. But <laughs> anyways, lightsabers, guys. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, no future no, or uh, no past research here for today for this, but I found this uh, website, which was the first website. So I got to give them props. So we're just going to mm -hmm. use theirs because okay. why dig deeper? <laughs> um, <laughs> surface level. We're going well, to. Okay. Level. So me and you again, self-proclaimed nerds and mm -hmm. we love Star Wars. So are we, we, we going to dive it. in? So a question for you. Yeah. Are we, are we going to start with like what people have told us the lightsabers represent or do we want to start with what we hope? Hmm. they represent or I like what we'd like them to we find like the definitive like from the star wars people what does it say and then maybe what it means to us if it's like lined up or not okay i was gonna All zoom right. out even We're more for there. for uh there's a wide array of folks that listen to this i gotta say yeah some of you may not know what a lightsaber is so i want to oh, back out okay. a tiny yeah, bit that's true there's um a, i'm assuming there, there's there are a few folks um who are over 30 that listen to... I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. <I> mean, <laughs> no. We haven't even talked about the, the age difference we have here just now. <laughs> oh, he lost it. Sorry, I broke yeah. him. He's broken. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, why lightsabers are cool. <laughs> Everyone, here's some five reasons real quick. They're the ultimate in sci-fi weaponry. They look really cool and are very stylish. They can be used for self-defense or as as a weapon in combat. <coughs> they, <coughs> sorry, they come in a variety of colors, each with its own meaning. They're there a symbol go. of hope and strength, especially in adversity. 
which is interesting. It is. Because not all of them are. True. And you know what also it's missing? There's like an elegance mm-hmm. to it, you know, like a simplicity and elegance to both being, <clears throat> you know, dangerous, but also, uh, you know, Obi-Wan is always making reference to that. Yeah. That, that uh, every time he picks up a blaster, he's like... Uh, so uncivilized. Yes, yeah, so uncivilized. <laughs> um, I got this just second blurb. I'm going to uh, kind of read and then maybe skim through the rest. But basically, how are lightsabers made? Lightsabers are not made by simply pressing a button. To create a lightsaber, one needs a kyber crystal. Kyber crystals are found on the planet Ilum and can only be mined by younglings. Once a kyber crystal is obtained, a Jedi or Sith must use the force to connect with the crystal and Bendu to shape it into a proper lightsaber. Bendu? I just think it's a type of metal. Oh, okay. Connected with a crystal and Bendu yeah. to shape it into the proper lightsaber. Yeah. Okay. The kyber crystal is then placed within the lightsaber hilt where it serves as both the weapon's power source and its focus. Some cool pictures. <clears throat> lightsaber colors can vary depending on several factors, such as the type of kyber crystal used, the material of the hilt, and the individual who wields it. Generally speaking, red lightsabers are typically used by Sith or dark side users, while blue lightsabers are often wielded by Jedi or light side users. However, certain Jedi and Sith have used other colors, such as yellow and purple. <clears throat> Doesn't mention green at all, which I think is funny. Um, while there is no right or wrong lightsaber color, each can hold different meaning and symbolism. Uh. For example, a red lightsaber may symbolize passion, aggression, and or strength, while a blue lightsaber may represent purity and or nobility. This, this is blog.displate.com. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's why I just picked the first one. Okay. And then we I would give our now. own take. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, this this person, it's like the cliff notes of yeah, Star Wars yeah. universe. But it here. says, ultimately, the meaning of a lightsaber's color lies in the individual who wields it. Interesting. That is a very particular perspective on it. Um, I'm going to find a different one. Well, so, <clears throat> I mean, I guess we, I could talk about the research yeah, I did yeah, what I you found got on this one um, from the internet. So... Yes, kyber crystals. Mining, though, it's it's interesting. If Have you watched any of the Clone Wars series? Yeah. So there's that one, right, where they actually go to Ilum <laughs> with the younglings. Yeah. And they, and they, they almost get trapped and, and all that. Yeah, they. It's, it's almost like there's a... You have to seek the crystal. So in my mind, it was literally like you go into this cave and there's actually kyber crystals everywhere, but not every kyber crystal is for you. Mm -hmm. And so you actually, in a way, if you're a Jedi and you're looking to make a lightsaber and you're looking to take that step from youngling and become more of an apprentice and start building your own cyber or your, your own lightsaber, you have to find these kyber crystals. But when you go there, you have to find the right one that kind of syncs with you and what you're about and it tests you in order to find it. And I, I always thought of like literally walking into a cave where there's crystals everywhere, but you can't really see them. And then you kind of go on a quest and eventually find the one that's like, that's, that speaks to you. And, um, Mm -hmm. the, the research I did, yes. Um, the person determines like their connection to the force determines the color of the lightsaber. Kyber crystals are clear. I don't know if that was like um, something that it wasn't really said. mentioned. Yeah. Yeah. So kyber crystals themselves are clear, which also makes them hard to find because Ilum is an ice planet. So imagine <laughs> trying to find a clear, a crystal. clear crystal 
in ice. <laughs> right? That yeah. makes it tough. Yeah, you that need the force tough. for that one. You definitely need need some sort of uh, extrasensory perception there. Um, so it's clear. And when you, you build it, I, I think the idea here is it's not like some people can actually build lightsabers with um, tools. And some people can actually make lightsabers with things that aren't kyber crystals, like circuitry. Oh. There's actually been a few that have been made with circuitry um, and other things. Those are rare. Um, more more often or not, it is kyber crystal. But when I... The blue the blue is probably one that most people... And then I'm surprised they didn't mention green. Exactly. It just over... But in over. my research, I found out there are three main <clears throat> paths a Jedi can take. Oh. So there are the protectors. And specifically... The protectors from outside maleficence. So these are the Jedi that are protecting people from um, crime, from evil, from outside forces. Obviously, the Sith would have been a big one. Uh, these Jedi tend to really go into the combat art side of the Force. So these are your incredible lightsaber duelists. Mm -hmm. Um, the most famous one of these, I guess, would be Anakin Skywalker. Mm -hmm. um, and the blue color represents the connection to this path of being a protector and um, being someone who says, like, I'm here to uh, kick butt, take names and protect people. Um, and I'm going to do it with my uh, lightsaber and my amazing combat ability. Yeah. Then there are the diplomats and the diplomats tend to have a really strong connection to the living force. And some examples of this Qui-Gon Jinn, mm -hmm. uh, Yoda is probably one that most people and, and <coughs> Qui-Gon and Yoda both have green lightsabers. And so the green lightsaber shows a deep connection to the living force and the idea that through diplomacy or through uh, learning about someone having a deep empathetic connection to the conflict is going to determine an outcome. So instead of potentially using, using force <clears throat> to protect, it's using thought and a plan and that doesn't mean they can't wield the lightsaber. We've all seen, well, for those of you who have seen Yoda wield a lightsaber, it's something to behold, but that green color represents that. And mm -hmm. then there's a third path, which is not as common, which are sentinels. And sentinels specifically protect the temple. And kind of the, the idea of the Jedi Order. Um, and their lightsaber colors are yellow. Um, and so a yellow lightsaber tends to represent someone on the path um, that is is protecting uh, the Jedi Order like physically at the site. Mm -hmm. um, and those are like the three main ones. Interesting. And then the Sith, and this is interesting that it's like red represents passion. Um when a Sith goes to create a lightsaber, they actually corrupt mm -hmm. the kyber crystal. And there's a couple ways they can do that. They can forge 
one, but a lot of times the Sith have to murder a Jedi to prove themselves to their master when when they move from their whatever they have going, uh, whether it's the rule of two or whether it was before during the Sith Empire where there were like a lot of them. Um, and, and in that actually bend that lightsaber that they've taken by force to their will. And in that process, it bleeds the crystal. Mm-hmm. And hence you get the red color. Yeah. Boom. <laughs> no, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I, yeah. So that's, that's, that's what I read. I know. Yeah. I think it lines up pretty well um, for like, if you follow any of the movies or shows really, as far as like where it sits, um, I will say, so I found an article um, probably a little bit more reputable. Uh, it is from Vox.com. It is, well, it's okay. So it's, they were, uh, talking to people from marketers who work at Disney. This is references um, from apparently an excellent breakdown by Evan Nova 95, as well as referencing Wikipedia, uh, Wikipedia, Wikipedia <laughs> and StarWars.com. So I would say that sounds a little bit more grounded in the actual universe rather than whatever that last article was. <laughs> My opinions on life, the universe, and This is Star what I think Wars. it should be. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, the, the first few kind of line up with that, where as far as um, <clears throat> what I'm looking at here is Star Wars movie universe. The mood of the... It kind of labels out in the mood, who uses it, and typical characters, which is kind of an interesting way to put it. But the mood of the green lightsaber is peace through force when necessary. Which I think kind of matches up um where who uses it says jedi consulars counselors i read that and i was like that's so not how you say it counselor jedi it's not counselor it's not counselor nah did i move it too much probably bumped the mic because i'm I'm old (laughs) consular consular there it is interesting but uh not they don't use diplomat who prefer negotiation and meditation to combat but have strong force abilities um which kind of lines up in that side i think that fits pretty well for the green for me Mm -hmm. i don't know where that sits with you yeah you know it's funny i don't want to make a cliche but it's like green peace (laughs) <laughs> right you know, yeah no like, easy to remember it okay yeah um it jumps right into red though where the mood <laughs> is evil and power <laughs> power i feel like it's just an interesting way that they're putting this stuff it's true um where it does mention sometimes that these uh lightsabers are powered by synthetic crystals which i've never heard of i know yeah. the route that you're talking about though yeah um in that but the mood of the blue lightsaber is justice and protection, which I think also kind of lines up. Let me see. The justice piece. Mm-hmm. Protecting those that can't protect themselves. Yeah. And there's, there's, um, so there's interesting ones, right? So, so there's the purple mm-hmm. for Mace Windu, which having heard an interview <laughs> um Samuel Jackson I think I know what you're talking about wanted that in the giant CGI scene he wanted to know that's me and so like uh they made him a purple lightsaber to stand mm-hmm. out but then 
come to find out now there's like all this lore about the purple lightsaber and why his is purple and i and i i can appreciate the kind of wielding the fabric even though it came down to like a a visual decision of like yeah. i want to be able to see myself amongst all those green and blue purple. lightsabers yeah. so make mine purple and then they they come up with this idea that actually there's a certain combat style that mace windu was the only one to be able to master mm-hmm. and i think it was called eighth form we may need oh, yeah, we may I'll, need to look, look it up um but it was it was so close to the dark side that it was like threading that needle of what was okay that it changed the color of his lightsaber to have those hues in it. Yeah. And so the first one from the dork side of the force.com Mace specialized in the seventh form of lightsaber combat, AKA Juyo or Vapad. Uh, Windu was the only known practitioner of this form that didn't fall to the dark side, uh, mainly because the style calls for an aggressive, unpredictable approach. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I and didn't so, know that one. And so that's why the blue that he would have had because he was combat ended up being slightly purple. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it, it has that in there. That's cool. Yeah. I've heard the, the route of... Sam L. Jackson being like, you know what? Hey, I want I want purple to yeah. stand out. Yeah. But I haven't heard heard the the lore side. Because yeah, the next one for purple, the mood is moral ambiguity. Uh, yeah. Which I kinda that, think that, makes sense with the technique the stuff. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Let me see. Yeah, because it'd be interpreted as a mixture of blue and red. Mm-hmm. For good and evil. Um which uh, deep lore it, it mentions here. So typical users, Mace Windu and Mara Jade Skywalker. Yeah. Do you know about Mara Jade? No. I know the name. I couldn't tell you anything yeah. about her. Except for I, she's I don't a even know if she's canon anymore, but back in the the books that existed before, uh, in a way, Disney took over <laughs> the Star Wars universe, yeah. um, Mara Jade was actually a trained assassin who was sent to kill Luke Skywalker. Mm. Uh, I think I have heard this before. Yeah. It's ringing a bell. Yeah. And in fact, uh, in the process of that, they end up falling in love and um, get together. And hence she takes the name Skywalker. Yeah. And then her, her, they, they go on to have, um, I believe they had twins classic um, move that were that were quite powerful in the whole thing but again i didn't read those books so i might be making stuff up and you have that sounds no something like I've, I've heard before but though. i knew i knew she was an assassin and i and i can't remember her name before skywalker but yeah i think it was mara jade actually. just me mara jade yeah yeah and then um yeah you know you go to kill someone and you fall in love with them yeah that'd yeah. do it for me <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding alexandra please don't you try to kill me too much about your target <laughs> yeah start to empathize with them so there's this part um in the expanded universe some other colors i'll, I'll just kind of rattle mm. them off yeah um it's interesting because number one and three on this are both yellow from what i can tell okay it's like um, a yellow and a slightly orange yellow no, because orange is next. Oh, okay. So, so it looks like it goes yellow, which is Intrigue and Pursuit. 
uh, Jedi Sentinels who seek and destroy the dark side. Their activities are closer to espionage. Um, Typical users are Yariel Poof and Plo Koon. Plo Koon. Is Yariel Poof the guy where uh, that Ahsoka gets her lightsaber from, the yellow? What's his name? You know the short guy in the Citadel episode of the Clone Wars? Um, Where does... Well, it depends because Ahsoka's famous, like you're talking about when she's an apprentice. Yes. When she has the green and yellow. Versus her clear lightsabers mm-hmm. or her white lightsabers, um, which she got because she defeated a um, a inquisitor. And because they have the dual blades, she actually purified those crystals and took it from the blades and created her dual, almost like samurai style with like the slightly short one. Yeah, yeah. That she uses in both um, Rebels and we've seen in The Mandalorian. And that's why they're white. Yeah. Is because she's also kind of ambiguous because she left the Jedi Order. She's force trained. Yeah. But not a Jedi. So back back to that like clear, pure color. But I mean, these are all great understandings. I know what I'd I'd like it to be. You yeah. know, like it that whole idea of it being a connection and um it's like they start going down the path of being very cool. It's like, yeah, you, you go, you seek your lightsaber and it finds you and then you build it using the living force and your nature is going to create the color, but it can only be one of these four. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're an individual you get to and go you seek to out your individuality you're gonna put your life soul into this but there's really only three types of souls that you can have it's like yeah, green yeah. blue or red <laughs> and then maybe there's like an outside like i just yeah. there's part of me that laughs because of course it's like you're unique and an individual but only fit into these three <laughs> categories please yeah um it would be wild and obviously now thanks to led technology you can go out and you can buy a lightsaber in whatever color you want um but i would like to see that a little bit more in the lore and i understand from a visual standpoint if you're an animator and you have to animate a battle that has like 45 different lightsabers that if there's only three colors or four colors if you include red sweet right Mm -hmm. easy copy paste those things let's get it done (laughs) yeah but um for the the pure unique kind of idea it would be amazing to see a myriad of colors but you ever notice too like you know, now we have these hue lights. We have all this lighting technology that's like millions of colors, right? But I see like seven colors, you know? It's like the rainbow because like there's different shades, but ultimately like when it's shining off the wall and stuff, it yeah. kind of all looks the same. So it's yeah. like, okay, yeah, I get it. Like there's a green lightsaber, but maybe it's like a different different shade of green, but like you can't really tell. Um, yeah. It'd be interesting. But you know one color you haven't found yet that we haven't talked about? Which one? Black. It's there. I, I bet it is. Oh, it's definitely there. Um, <clears throat> let me... I said I was going to rattle them off and then I didn't. Oh, this is interesting. It's so this I one... probably interrupted you. Oh, you're good. 
Um, this one is interesting because this looks red, but it says the mood is negotiation and Yaddle used it. Like that second one there. That's red, right? <coughs> my my color blindness isn't striking all of a sudden a little bit more. Because <clears throat> it's yellow, red, yellow from what I can tell. Which doesn't make full sense to me. No. But they also mean different things, right? Yeah. It says different things. I'm trying things to remember, there. like, because Yaddle's in the new Tales She's of in the, the Tales Jedi. of the Jedi, yeah. And I'm trying to remember what color also, her saber was. If you nerds haven't watched that, it's great. Tales That's of the fantastic. Jedi, tons of fun. Yeah. yeah, but that one, it looks red to me. Um, but remember her having uh, we also have another yellow one that says strength on the light side. Um, and that's cool. Orange, physical strength, powerful Jedi. This lightsaber color seems to correlate with extreme strength. Typical character, Lobaka. I don't know. Lobaka was a Wookiee. And I heard that when I read about Lobaka, it was, he actually created it out of parts. Oh, okay. So it was like circuitry and stuff. Yeah. And, and hence the, the orange color because of the tech, like the tech influence in it. So it was like combining the force with tech and um, created that orange color. Yeah. But I don't know much about Lobaka as far as like his strengths mm-hmm. beyond, you know, Wookiees are strong. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. And then we have gray and white, which gray is calm and clear. Um, those who remain focused on the living force and then white obedience and service used by those with obedience to a larger cause. Um, and then black, the dark saber, dark saber, self-obsession used by those controlled by self-obsession. It's also called the dark saber, uh, typical characters pre Vizsla. Dang. Well, you know how that came to be, right? The dark saber. In which way? Maybe. Like who who created it? Not off the top of my head. Okay, so it was the first Mandalorian Jedi. Hmm. So for those who who aren't seeped <laughs> in in the lore of this universe, um Mandalorians and Jedi did not see eye to eye. Um uh and in fact, there's there's stories there of history of potential like battles and, and things that happened. Um, but yeah, there was uh, a Mandalorian who also had uh, powers, uh, Jedi powers, went to the went and learned the ways of the force and then went and forged his own saber. Mm using um mandalorian technology and a kyber crystal and it is the only saber that has a fine honed edge Mm -hmm. versus the kind of round yeah tube that most most lightsabers take up um and it's it's black and i absolutely think it's the coolest thing yeah like it's really really neat i'm excited to see where it goes in the next Mandalorian season mm-hmm. and what they do with the, the dark saber now that um, Mando is, is wielding it. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see. Yeah. No, especially if uh, Bo-Katan kind of rolls back around and all that stuff. Be interesting. 
That's the Sabres, though. Um, yeah. I feel like... I don't know, actually, what I feel like after looking through that. <clears throat> I feel like blue and green, in my opinion, pretty pretty standard, where they sit on like the two ends of good. Like They're yeah. still both good, but they both kind of represent different things within that. I think just looking at the few pages and, and reading the few things, there's there's opinions. People have a, opinions yeah. on it. Like, but you know, whenever you're talking about a fictional universe, mm-hmm. um, ultimately there can always be a twist. In that, you know, someone can come along and write something into the story or the lore, and then we we think of that as like, oh, that's so cool, and that's into it, and until it changes, yeah, like you know. Um, there's constantly, you know, like all the people who read the legacy, um, books, you know, and now they're not canon anymore, but they're really cool stories. And there's some really cool ideas, um, in those books about what happened after, um, return of the Jedi and, and what, what went on. And in some ways it's like way cooler than what they actually did (laughs) with the universe. And so it, it kind of lends itself to you know whenever it's it's not based in actual fact right. or science it's not science fiction because you know like the way that they space travel is so chill <laughs> you know yeah, right like, like the the hard science behind their spacecraft is just it's not gonna work <laughs> yeah very well physics is not something that exists in a star wars universe so right. obviously in these lightsabers you know we could we can have some ideas and of course the people who wrote the universe itself will have those ideas and and part of it is well they're the creators so like that's you know how it started but the the nice part about these worlds that are created is you know the reason people get into them is cuz they see themselves in it or like they would they get lost in in the potential and the imagination of it and so you know ultimately you choose what you think a lightsaber and and why its color is a certain way yeah and you know if that's because that's what they could do with special effects in the 1970s cool that's where you're at yeah if it is i am someone who is going to be out for justice and therefore my lightsaber is blue um or maybe i'm just really cold all the time i've got a blue <laughs> lightsaber because yeah. my inner spirit is frigid uh who knows yeah who knows what do you think you'd have Oh man, <laughs> you had to know I was thinking of asking that. Yeah, <laughs> um, I know. <laughs> probably green. Yeah, yeah. I think that in you know as much as I think blue is really cool, like in the in the concept of like being, you know, like one with the combative arts and really good at lightsaber fighting. I know I would be terrible at it. Yeah. And I like, I like the idea of being really empathetic and thinking about stuff and and knowing that there's more than what is on the surface all the time and like trying to, to find that deeper meaning in things. I would probably have a green lightsaber. Yeah. What about yourself? It may shock you as, as uh, you've played much D and D with me. Yeah, I'm a very chaotic person when it what? comes to to role play. No, no, that part doesn't shock you. <laughs> it doesn't. The at part all. that I think would shock you is that 
if I was to like make a character, you know, uh-huh. fiction, I don't think it would in be. the Star Wars. Like if we were D and Ding Star Wars, yeah. and we were creating our own Jedi, purple. Why the heck not? I don't know. Yeah, but Moral for Michael Dishno, okay, green. Yeah, yeah. I feel like myself, um, and I, I think it looks more towards the uh, Qui Gon Jinn uh, out, outlook on life. Like you were saying, like there's more going on. The the, the connection to the Force as it would be in mm-hmm. Star Wars. Like I feel like I. And with that more rather than like you mentioned the exact same reason kind of, of like not the biggest swordsman with the blue lightsaber and like all this like combat technique and whatnot but like you know how to do it you know very force yeah. force sensitive and when it comes time if i gotta like protect some people and make peace use force yeah um but yeah i think myself i would i would go with green too a little bit more thought involved mm-hmm. i like that qui-gon was questioning things that even though the Jedi Order had been around forever and just because they did things a certain way for so long, he was like, but are we sure that's the right way? Yeah. Like, let's let's look into that. Let's think more. Yeah. yeah. I was I was hoping, because, um, I mean, you watched Kenobi. It did. I was hoping he was going to be in it sooner. Yeah. Um, have him kind of, like, start talking to Obi-Wan sooner. But, you know, it sounds like they have more in store and he is going to be around I more. I mean, we could have a whole... <laughs> episode <laughs> where i share my thoughts on kenobi and i mean what they did with that character and whether or not i agree or disagree with the direction that was taken how long have we been going let's just do it yeah well i there's one one particular <laughs> thing okay which is it's almost like a hypocrisy in the way that they created him where in one aspect he was constantly pressuring Uncle Owen, I want to train Luke. Luke is going to be trained in the force. It's his destiny, all this other stuff. So he's like saying that he wants to train Luke in the force. And yet he's cut himself off from the force. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't remember how to do some basic things. And he's conflicted. It's like, how are you supposed to teach someone if you haven't honed your own? Like, if you don't if keep you're still your skills there. honed. Yeah. I was really confused about, like, that was the one thing in the in the series that I was like, why Why are we doing this? Like, why <laughs> in one aspect am I like, I, I, am, I need to instruct this person. But then yet I also, I have also cut myself off from that thing yeah it would be like the weirdest teacher ever yeah you know no i i would agree i think it was that weird part where i'm curious to know i mean i guess i'm not curious to know because we know what happens right like this Mm -hmm. is more of a prequel in a sense because it's It's in that middle ground it's like filling gaps like we know that luke doesn't get trained by him during this time you know what i mean yeah like we know it doesn't happen right and there might be like little nuggets where like something happened and that's how he knows like oh old ben kenobi in the yeah uh out there in the the desert but like we know he doesn't uncle owen doesn't let him train him because it happens later yeah and so it's one of those weird like i don't think it's a paradox essentially but like what we know versus what they're trying to make us think is like conflicting where they're like, oh yeah, Obi-Wan wants to train him, but we know it's not going to happen. So why is it like pouring into that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. <coughs> I think I think ultimately though, it was, um, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited to get away from this timeline. Me too. There's so much cool stuff 
that's happening in the High Republic. Right. And in even like, can we just for a moment, Ezra Bridger, one of one of if if you haven't watched Rebels, um, again, it's a it's a cartoon show. I get it. Not everybody likes to watch cartoons to get cool stories. Yeah. But um, it's a it's a really cool series, and the way that that ends which, you know, I'm obviously not going to spoil for those who haven't watched it, but it leaves things so wide open. Yeah. And I know we may be getting some of that in the future. In fact, right, if you if you follow these things, there is a casting yeah, for I the individual see. in the in the Ahsoka series that's coming up, which means that's that. But I've had this, like, grand vision for, like, what should have happened <laughs> and how it could have connected to rise of Skywalker and, and how we should have gotten our Ezra Bridger reveal during rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Because what do they do in the last Jedi in the last Jedi? They send out a signal to anyone right yep. they're, they're on that planet that's like the weird salt and red and all the rest of it and they send out a signal yes. to everyone that says like we're in trouble we need help and then you know we get the scene in rise of skywalker where like everybody comes in also yeah at the end but like part of me was that like that was the moment that signal could have been the moment that like Ezra wherever he is wild space um <laughs> we we he decides i mean i even had a theory once that like supposedly it's confirmed that mace windu survived the fall cuz we've all seen jedi jump off right. of like huge things right and I've then they heard use that. the force part of me was like mace windu went and like he and Ezra started like a group and they were actually training Jedi out in like yeah. the outer rim and wild space and all these areas outside of the empire. Because let's be real. There's, there's civilizations that exist outside of the empire yeah. at this point. It's a big place. It's, it's space. And there's not always like hyperspace lanes to get all these things. And so there could be a little pocket of like Jedi that have been trained by the one and only Mace Windu and Ezra Bridger. Yeah. And they are like, and then they come back and there's just a whole bunch of them. Yeah. And like, man, wouldn't that be cool? But no, we got, yeah, they're not going to do it. They're not going to, yeah. Yeah. No, that's the hard part. That would be a crazy reveal for sure. I got to admit, I haven't seen rebels. I'm bad. I, I know I have to watch it. I know it's amazing. I just like haven't. That's I mean, there's so again, you talk about we live in a world of so many options. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know if anyone else listening to this has experienced this in the last year, but because of COVID, everything got pushed back. And so I feel this we're finally getting caught up where a lot of the content that was supposed to come out in that weird two year gap of twenty twenty to twenty twenty two is starting to hit. And it's like almost too much. Like I'm almost at the point where like there's too many things out there now yeah. for me to get into. Granted, I've been waiting forever for some of these things, but then also it's like, boom, we're getting hit with this. And then this other thing's coming out. Now we're getting this. And it's, it's, it's almost a saturation that's taking yeah. place. And I, and I hear that some of us are probably feeling some of these like um, franchise fatigue. 
I don't yeah. know if that's a real term, but <laughs> I, think so. I think we're feeling some franchise fatigue on some of these. And it's like we had, like, if you think about Star Wars in particular, right? There were so many years between these big pieces. Like you had a, a New Hope, uh, which was just Star Wars in the beginning, but now it's a New Hope because we have these prequels. But between Return of the Jedi and the prequels, there was a lot of years between the prequels and the next one between, you know, uh, Revenge of the Sith and Force Awakens. There was a big gap. And now we're getting Star Wars content like every three or four months. Right. And I'm all for it as a huge nerd, but I can I can totally understand how for some people it's like it's almost too much to keep track on. For those of us who are fully invested, it's like a dream come true. But uh, that franchise fatigue, I mean, you know, it's like Marvel movies. I wasn't going to say it, but yeah, yeah, we're all thinking it. We're in phase four thinking it. Only thing we're doing is setting up for the next phase. And it's like, cool. I know you had to put this movie out to set this up, but like, can we just produce great content that stands alone on its, on its own? Yeah. Why are we thinking like nine movies ahead now? Yeah. I almost like. I personally wouldn't even be that mad if like not necessarily they completely like started with a whole new universe, but if they like finished Endgame and then we're like, all right, new story entirely, not connected, new characters, like it would have been cleaner than like this weird like comic books oozy area. Like right. comic books, it's like just like boom, yeah, this is like we're This now, is the end of the saga. Yeah. And now we're gonna move on to something entirely Same new. Same characters you know, but like yeah. Yeah. totally different storyline, different universe. I mean, that's the nice part about the metaverse. You don't like this one? Let's move on to the next one. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. No, I think franchise fatigue is a thing. And I think uh, I'm definitely there with, with I mean, MCU. Don't get me wrong. I'm still going to go see everything as right. it comes out. But, you know, I'm, it doesn't mean that we can't talk about it and, you know, have opinions on these things that. Yeah, don't get me started on how we spend our money <laughs> as the world. Yeah. <clears throat> Between uh, sports and entertainment. Yeah. Too true. Yeah. But yeah. Cool. Lightsabers. They're crazy. Yeah. They're they're classic classic thing. I think let me Do you it. think do you think we'll ever in our lifetime see a functional lightsaber? Which I've seen. Mm-hmm. People have made them. Yeah. But that like is uh, more like something that like is just around. Like oh hey, like commercialized. Like, yeah yeah yeah. Like you just you just like instead of grabbing like the bat, people, you grab the lightsaber. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, for home, you know, I don't own a gun for home invasion. I have a lightsaber. Yeah yeah. You yeah. Know? Like I don't know. I think. Cause I mean, you you saw that guy who made that like plasma blade or whatever, and he has to have mm-hmm. like that big old mm-hmm. big pack old pack and, and energy, and, and, and it makes sense. Like scientifically, yeah. again, like you said, like the science in Star Wars is not the science As of we our universe. <laughs> our technology and that battery pack gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Right. Just like you know, computers have gotten smaller and smaller and smaller. But potentially, still more there powerful. is a future as it extends out that that fits into the hilt, and then you have a plasma blade. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if it'll be in our lifetime. I don't know if I want the it to be, to <laughs> right? be fair. Yeah. I mean, I get, you know, 
imagine you know we knowing our society if we had lightsabers there'd be stories about like four-year-old accidentally lightsabers off grandma's right leg yeah 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 but it was a clean cut and it cauterized it itself yeah it cauterized <laughs> itself but grandma's got a stump now because of <laughs> timmy yeah timmy it's always timmy yeah i can see timmy cut off timmy. Grandma's, grandma's leg yeah. with a lightsaber for sure yeah timmy totally got grandma's lightsaber yeah never let right, her touch it then, ever again yeah why did grandma have a lightsaber i don't even know but home invasion yeah that's what, but, that's what she said yeah <laughs> i don't know if we'll get to the commercialized portion of it in our lifetime yeah. i think i'm hopeful that we can get to the compact portion where like this high-end person whatever they experiment enough and they do it because people are trying to do it right like oh yeah they're already trying to do it it's not like yeah. no one's aiming for it i mean why would we want to solve world hunger let's make lightsabers, let's make lightsabers. yeah I that get totally it. checks yeah. out totally checks out <laughs> r&d yeah <laughs> man lightsabers it's a good that's a good thing yeah i think we i think we covered yeah as much as we're gonna cover in then, that in that topic Moving on. All right. What you got for me, Dishnell? So this is actually the the first two here. That one was a submitted thing from a guest. And it's not a guest. Oh, thank uh, you for the fan. submission. Right this, up my alley. <laughs> this next one also is a submission of a fan. Um, and these are actually older. I've had these in my list for a while. And I got to do a refresh for some season two content. But where is it as it was written? I can't remember. Oh, someone submitted. What was life like when I first went gluten free? Or when you, Ooh. you, but, um, and I thought this would be perfect because yeah, you, cause I went gluten-free quite a while ago. You fall into the category with me. I'm, yeah. I'm not as gluten-free as I was for a while. Yeah, that's, that's but, true. Uh, you you probably still... should be, but we, I mean, we don't need bit. to talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, gluten-free. So for those, you know, I guess I haven't said how old I am, which, <laughs> you know, obviously cause we we joke what is it there's there's like a 19 or 20 year old person between you and i you think so yeah um so i'm in my 40s and you know as much as i'd like to say early 40s it's more like mid 40s <laughs> and um so when i was in my 20s over 20 years ago when you say things like that out loud, sometimes it makes you think, but <laughs> 20 years ago, I was having a ton of issues. I was suffering from almost weekly migraines. Anytime I'd eat, I get painful bloating. Um, <laughs> like the most ridiculous, embarrassing gas. Mm. One time I went to the hospital because I thought I was having a heart attack there was and it turned out there was so much gas in my chest cavity that was putting pressure on my heart and giving me the same symptoms as a heart attack my left arm went numb that's i had like it felt like an elephant was on my chest i literally walked into the emergency room and was like i got pressure on my chest and i can't feel my left fingers and they immediately put me in all the heart things and they're like oh actually you just have really bad indigestion and they gave me this stuff that i drank after two hours of just like being in discomfort and dishnell <laughs> i had the longest and loudest fart i have ever heard out of a human being to where an entire emergency room laughed out loud 
Like, you know it's bad yeah, that yeah. when in a hospital yeah, there's laughter. Yeah, they're laughing at you. Yeah, yeah. That there's like, it's that oh my. loud. So That's amazing. Needless to say. What, what drink is this? All this. Well, it wasn't the drink. <laughs> oh, the drink the... just pushed it all out. Oh. So I had all this trapped gas. And it was basically okay, okay. the stuff that <laughs> caused um, peristalsis, mm-hmm. which is the the muscle movement and the basically little... just pushed out all that gas at once. That's insane. It, it was insane. It was so loud. Now I can laugh about it. I was mortified. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When, no, that's awful. Know, young 20 year old just lighten up the emergency room yeah, yeah, yeah. with the world's <laughs> largest fart um that's amazing so i was having all of these symptoms and things i couldn't quite explain and at the time i was i was playing water polo all the time i was an avid rock climber i was in incredible shape but yet had all of these pains and i i went to western medicine doctors at the time and they took my blood and they they did some tests and i think the response i got was oh man if i had patients that were as healthy as you i'd be out of a job mm-hmm. and i was like but i feel like ass i feel terrible yeah i'm suffering from migraines i was getting sick all the time and it was it was frustrating so um you know i ended up going to i think uh, what is now called home homeopathy homeopathic homeopathic yeah um and i knew right off the bat that i was in for something different when you, when you go into like a medical office they give you a single sheet front and back that's like your medical history yeah when i went to this place i got a 10 page document i had to fill out front side and back side so like 20 pages of information and they asked me questions like how often do you drink caffeine how much caffeine do you drink like what's your sleeping schedule and all this stuff and by the time i finished that writing it out i was like oh there's some definite patterns here that i should probably (laughs) that you um, start to realize on your own yeah yeah. you start to realize as your own you start connecting the dots so you know there's there's never there's never a short version to any of my stories but um Ultimately, some of the big changes were cut out uh, soda. Mm. So I I stopped drinking soda uh, and uh, cut out. It wasn't necessarily gluten. It was specifically wheat. Wheat allergy. But to be safe, anything with gluten in it because um, it could be that. So I went gluten free um, and this would have been man like early 2000 like 2002 Mm. um and at the time nobody knew what gluten-free was right i mean now right you you can get a gluten-free anything yeah um and so it was figuring out you know what it is that i could eat and at the time that meant meat vegetables fruits and nuts and i remember explaining this to a friend like what i can eat and all this stuff and he starts laughing and he looks at me and he's like you're a neanderthal (laughs) like i was like this primitive man that can only eat meat 
uh, you know, fruit, nuts, and berries. Yeah. And like what's from the ground. And he's like, you're a Neanderthal. Yeah. And I was like, is oh that my gosh. pretty close then to what keto is? Like the keto diet? No. It's a little keto, bit different. Keto has to do a lot more with how you process food. Mm. And so, like, getting your body into a specific mode, ketosis. And it's, it's just very sciencey and most keto, like when you hear keto, it's, it's almost like you've heard the term greenwashing. No. So greenwashing is when a company puts a bunch of words and phrases into their marketing to make it sound really great, like organic or sustainable or like, yeah, yeah. Right. We, we, we all have the general public, but, but basically a bunch of phrases that make it sound really good. And I think now a lot of things that are labeled keto are, you know, more trying to market towards that than like, if you were really going to do a keto diet, you would, you would really want to know, like what is your metabolic rate and what is what am I producing because it's both you know it can be really for some people it works out really great for others yeah. it can be really dangerous right your body can start breaking down its own proteins and you can get really sick so it's it's you need to you need to you know it's a little bit more of that so it's not really that um right in general it's a for me it's i have an in i have a sensitivity to things i think i mentioned early on in the podcast i'm a a canary in the coal mine um so i'm sensitive to the types of foods that i eat um, and it causes these side effects migraines bloating um this discomfort and pain and it's you know now it's 20 years later i haven't had these things if i do have those things those symptoms come right back yeah but trying to exist in a world that doesn't understand your needs like if i just went to somebody and said oh hey do you have any gluten-free bread they'd be like what are you what do you what do you want what does that mean yeah what does that mean i I don't know what that means um and so it was a lot of reading labels i I think almost too much reading labels like going shopping was like a chore because everything i picked up you know, I had to look at the fine print, even simple stuff. Like yeah. I think now there's like a weird joy that happens when I pick up a packet of something and the ingredients are like three yeah, and it's just right. the thing that I want and like salt, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like sweet. That's, that's what I'm going to get. There's no, I don't need a scientific degree to find out what it is um, that's actually in my food. And so that, that journey was that it was, it was a lot of, you know, finding, you know, I didn't have a lot of alternatives, right. you know, so I just stopped eating bread. Um, I had a lot of more salads. Um, I had open face things. So, you know, you've been over to my house. I've made burger bowls mm-hmm. for you. Um, so it was a burger bowl or a burrito bowl or like, so I would have all the contents of whatever it is, but I just wouldn't have the wrap. So a sandwiches were basically just like salads. Yeah with the sandwich content and burritos were bowls with all the contents that are in a burrito but just without the tortilla and so it was excluding a lot of things and i wasn't trying to sub it so um i didn't have any gluten-free breads i didn't have any gluten-free alternatives for a lot of things i just cut it out and then i remember uh 
when I moved to New Zealand, we mentioned that I had been teaching in New Zealand, but when I moved to New Zealand, they're a little bit more aware Hmm. of food sensitivities and, and, and those types of things. And so, um, I had been living there a little bit and I think one of the things that I missed most was pizza. Um, and pizza was the thing that I wanted to replace more than anything else. Yeah. And, you know, I tried doing, you know, like you can't really make a pizza salad. That's not really a thing. Um, and I had tried a number of, of, but there's just nothing quite like pizza. Well, New Zealand was the first place, and now you can get a gluten-free crust at Domino's. Yeah. Right? Like It's all over. It's, it's, it's all over the place. But <clears throat> it was the first genuine place that, that sold a gluten-free pizza, and I lost my mind. <laughs> and it happened to be like right around my birthday. And so I, I like someone mentioned it. I, they're like, oh, well, what do you want to do for your birthday? I was like, oh, man. I wish I could have a pizza. And they're like, why can't you have a pizza? I'm like, oh, I'm gluten-free. They're like, Hell's Pizza has gluten-free pizza. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, I was so yeah. excited. And I ordered like four of them. And I had like a bunch of people over. Yeah. And I ate pizza for the first time in like almost a decade. Yeah, that's and crazy. And it was, it was <clears throat> so amazing. And then, of course, you know, by the time I moved back to the U.S., it wasn't as big a deal. And I think now um, a lot of people find out like if you if you do gluten-free alternatives in general, you tend to feel better. There's less bloating, gas, yeah. like all this stuff. Um, I mean, there's all kinds of things out there. I've done a lot of research for myself personally. And I think it has more to do with the way that we make flour in the United States than the flour itself. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a hot topic. Everybody's I've got heard their about take that, on yeah. it, right? Like, um, but I know for me, I can't, I, I just, I am better if I don't eat those things. Yeah. And so gluten-free tends to be the way to go. And I, I did, um, I, I had a, I had a moment when, um, so I've mentioned I have a son. I I also went through uh, divorce, and I would say in the six months after my divorce, I stopped being gluten free because I really wanted to eat all the mac and cheese, like Ron Swanson style. Yeah, like, like when he all, orders the bacon, like all you, of the mac and you cheese. You may have heard that I wanted a lot of bacon, <laughs> but I wanted all the i just wanted all the mac and cheese in the world because i hadn't had mac and cheese yeah you know like there are gluten-free alternatives but i was just like you know what and and i gained 60 pounds in about three months of eating all the mac and cheese that's insane and i had terrible migraines and the whole thing and so awful i was getting really unhealthy and so i went back to being gluten-free yeah and in, and in general you know whether or not i've had a healthy those who know me like it's been a it's been a roller coaster yeah it's been a roller coaster but um i definitely am better off for it yeah no yeah. gluten's interesting because like for me on my gluten journey as it would be 
um, <clears throat> I put it off for a really long time. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to do it. I know that like my stomach hurts all the time. Like I don't feel well. I feel like fatigued. I feel, um, I actually, uh, from gluten apparently and through the homeopathic stuff that I went through, like it really seemed like, Hey, it's working and it's helped. I would get like ridiculous anxiety. Like it would, it would mm-hmm. trigger anxiety. Like, I don't know if it has to do with more like physiologically, like it would trigger like the symptoms and then my brain would kick in and be like, Oh, now you're anxious. Um, but like it was, it was very clear. Like there was times like I would straight up like do the test. Like, okay, one week I don't do it. Like have no, I have no gluten. I go like cold Turkey as much as possible. And then some weeks I just be like, all right, I'll have some gluten again. And like, it was straight up like some days just like the most anxious I've ever been. And like, I'm not much of an anxious person. Hmm. Like I never was like super worried about things or like get like panic attacks. And then like I put off, you know, to kind of doing a gluten-free diet for a really long time. And it just like got really bad. And, um, when I stopped, when I went like full on gluten free, finally, like so much stuff cleared up. Like you said, like it's, it's weird. Like the myriad of things that can kind of kick in from it where like I would have the, the anxiety is probably like the biggest thing for me that was just like such a constant. Mm-hmm. Um, but like general stomach pain, I suppose, just like yeah. of everything I eat and like, you know, luckily, you know, I, I went gluten free in this day and age where it's very easy. Um, but also it was around that time. Like I went, like I did one of those like, uh, food sensitivity tests. And like, that was when I couldn't have garlic. And you remember that? Like, I remember that (laughs) that was literally, you were only eating garlic chicken. And then you found out like garlic and chicken were like your, the two things I can't have. And I was like, well, super duper rad. Um, yeah, that was, that was a rough time. Cause I, I was looking at like, even beyond the gluten free options, I'm sitting here looking at like pasta sauce, like does it have garlic in it? And I'm like, dang it. There's garlic in Ew, it's, it's, it's so many, so many things. things. Garlic yeah. powder is in pretty much everything apparently. Uh-huh. And like, yeah. you know, I can get over it, <laughs> but, uh, you yeah. know, it's, uh, one of those things I will say, if you're listening and you have like the slightest feeling that like gluten may be messing with you. I wouldn't put it off. <laughs> no, I've known people that like it, it manifested as like acne yeah. and like skin stuff. And then as soon as they cut it out, it went away. And just like cutting out anything that you're used to putting in your body, there is a transition period. Um, and that can last anywhere from two weeks to three months sometimes mm-hmm. before like you you really get the full benefit yeah. of getting it out. And there's always that adjustment period where you're going to, you're going to hate it for a, a portion of it. Yeah. You know, you're going to miss bagels and you're going to uh-huh. miss pizza, pizza. And like, yeah, they're all our, our alternatives. Um, but they're not the same thing. And sometimes it's worth cutting out everything that's similar so like if you are gonna go wheat free maybe try just giving up all breads for mm-hmm. a while you yeah. know and see how you feel <clears throat> before you go immediately into gluten-free alternatives yeah um because uh, that's you know i was kind of forced into that because those weren't a thing and i think you know even if i think back to it 
I'm still better off on the full elimination than <clears throat> even with the gluten-free substitutes. Yeah. Because a lot of gluten-free substitutes are either like rice or corn. Mm-hmm. And a lot of rice and a lot of corn is also not good for me either. Yeah. And so it's still a lot of carb and, and it's, you know, got potentially some some health benefits there. And again, neither of us are trained nutritionists. Sure. Uh, we're not, you know, trying to say we have the answers, but um, agreed, you know, do your research. Like, you know, your body. I think that's the thing yeah. that you learn is if you really listen to your body, you probably know the answer to what's ailing you. And you know, usually what you have to do, <laughs> it's convincing yourself to do it. Yeah. That's the hardest part. Yeah, I know. Cause for me, um, I mean, one other thing I was going to add on what she said is like another of the symptoms I had from gluten was like swollen body like full body like i would mm. just feel swollen like physically you know when you go on a plane like your fingers almost yeah like, feel, like your your, yeah. your body swells up that would happen to me like consistently yeah. um it took about like four or five months of no gluten for that to like fully clear up and it like took some took some time for sure um but uh for what you just said um we're definitely not trained professionals and and to to your point like everyone's going to be different. What works for me may not work for you or anyone else who's listening. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I had a similar thing of like modern medicine, not modern Western medicine, not doing a thing where they're like, no, you're perfectly fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> like I'm not feeling well every single day. And I even actually had gallstones at the time that I ended up passing, um, and like going more homeopathic route that they helped me with. And the doctors were like, no, like you're fine. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, this is hereditary. It feels exactly like it. Like I've had them before and they're like, no, like it's all good. I'm like, no, no, no. See that number on the blood test right there that you guys did on me. I know it's like 0.1% or 0.1 under what it should be, but like, that's still not right. You know? Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, we know, we know what you got to do sometimes. Yeah. As, <laughs> as advanced as we are with our science and our medicine, you still have to be an advocate for your own health these days because you know we do live in a society that is also driven by marketing and profiting and there are a ton of us like someone asked me a question the other day that kind of really made me think which was i was uh in an uber and the uber driver asked me um how many eggs do you think are used in a single day in LA like how many eggs it scares me to think about that big of a number if I'm being honest when you start (laughs) thinking about it and like that's just LA and eggs are pretty common this Uber driver like drive off into the sunset after that and disappear (laughs) I don't know blaze of glory (laughs) yeah when I I got out of the car the car I turned around and the car was gone (laughs) yeah yeah I don't know Uh, it was it was definitely one of those questions where I was like oh man if you think about like logistics and you can think about stuff and you know we we have to we're constantly growing as a human population and we have to to feed that population in order to feed that population we have to grow a certain amount of things and we have to ship them and we have to move them we have to like if you really sit down and think about it it's mind-blowing so yes we're humans 
there's going to be some people who are going to cut corners in the production of stuff. They're not yeah. going to necessarily feed those animals the best things for both the animal and us because they also right. need to make money. And like, like you have to, and, and I'm not saying this to scare people. It's, it's not something out there. Like you've seen those, do- there's those documentaries that exist that are like total terrifying fear tactics, right? That like scare you into becoming vegan. You know, this is the only way, but veganism isn't the only way either. It's like converting everyone over to electric cars. Great in theory, but we don't have the gr- electrical grid to support that yet. So right. we can't, we can't do that. And so you know, we can't move everybody over to plant-based stuff either. Cause we're running out of space on this planet to grow those plants. Like there's all of this stuff that comes into it. What I'm saying is be an advocate for your own personal health, learn about what works for you and what makes you feel good and find those things. And then, you know, you'll know the more you kind of go down that path, the more you'll know when you eat something or you do something that doesn't agree with you. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, okay, cool. I can avoid that. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, I'm not saying everybody's got to research everything to the nth degree. And, right. You know, look, I went through a number of phases in my life. I mean, Did there you was a, a point phase? in time. I, I, <laughs> Did I have a phase? I mean, I was, <laughs> I was in high school in the nineties. So the answer <laughs> to that question is definitely yes, but not, not with the makeup. I did have black nails and I wore all black, but it was a little different. There's, there's something that, that comes to, um, you threw me with the goth thing, but, uh, <laughs> the phases, the, yeah, the yeah. phases. Um, well there was a period of time where like I would only eat local, mm. you know, like I would research everything and i needed to know where the so i rarely went out to eat i was cooking my own food i um was getting my food mainly from organic co-ops or um uh from locally sourced uh farmers markets Mm -hmm. Um, i was also a big fan of csa's Uh, if you don't know what csa stands for it's like community supported agriculture it's a collective of local farms that get together and you can buy like for 35 dollars a week you get a box of veggies that are seasonal and fresh and they're grown without pesticides and and um you know down to the products i put on my body to the products i'd put in um, my house everything was researched and it had to be sustainable and it had to be you know all of these things and it was exhausting mm. and so like i'm not saying i'm going the other way with it i want to still do things that are good for not only my lifetime but my son's children in the future's lifetime um but it's hard you know, yeah, we don't necessarily all have the luxury of having the ability to pay for what is right, you know, like artisanal <laughs> or, you know, locally sourced or, or any of that. You know, sometimes we've got to survive. And I've had a good decade of, of being in survival mode. And, you know, sometimes that's important. You know, to have to have that. 
look, you can go now. This is the benefit, right? We've been on the internet. We look these things up. Like yeah. you can go and find a number of literally anything you're looking for right now exists. Mm-hmm. And whether or not those things are right or wrong, it's going to be up to you to figure that out for yourself. And so like, no, you know, it's got very philosophical. Know yourself. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Know yourself. <clears throat> um, yeah. You're right. You said in the beginning that this was going to get deep. Did you know that just because I was here that that was We haven't happen? even gotten to the deep topic. Oh, really? Oh, jeez. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah. I think one last thing on my mind really on that one. Um, yeah. Like you said, it, you kind of have some trial and error. Uh-huh. Um, I got to say, like, I got lucky because, like, my mom, I have a lot of, like, the same health uh, hereditary type of stuff as her and so like she's been my guru as it would be yeah uh not it's not a cookie cutter where i'm exactly her but like you know you gotta try things you gotta try elimination diets if things aren't working well with you you gotta you gotta do that research and that work of like trying to figure out what's best for you because everyone is different you know at the end of the day it's not easy if gluten is okay with you enjoy it Oh, please. It's amazing. Enjoy, Enjoy it, it for, for both us. of us. Yeah. yeah. Like go please have a do. good old pizza and, and not let it yeah. bother you at all. Like that yeah. is a blessing, <laughs> you know, go get um, that fresh baked bread. Yeah. We won't ask you to be gluten free out of solidarity, yeah. please don't. <laughs> but you know, some people you got to, and there's other things yeah. you can't eat. And, uh, you know, know yourself as, as Justin said, I, I like how that's put. Mm-hmm. That's really deep. You should like write a book and then, uh, just call it know yourself and capitalize on that i'm I'm pretty sure it exists (laughs) no no i'm sure it's fully original at this point i'm just a regurgitation of stuff i've read in the past yeah i mean at at the end of the day like if you're gonna be an author or you're gonna like go the philosophical route you either you're either gonna be or you're not gonna be right yeah (laughs) i'm waiting until the 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 ai that i use to create art is also gonna write the book for me yeah and then then i'll just direct it yeah yeah yeah. i wonder if you could tell the art to write words and just see what comes up i have it's terrible really (laughs) yeah i've tried i've tried to do artwork that has words in it or even numbers numbers are worse yeah um yeah it, it doesn't do the best. AI you'll get there hopefully not in our lifetime so you don't have to kill us but <laughs> <laughs> Skynet yeah alright I think that's a good wrap on gluten in my opinion yeah Um. so okay the reason I chose this next topic is I found something stupid on Instagram and I was I was curious because I felt like I disagreed with it but I wanted to explore it with someone on the okay. podcast so I All saved right. it um, but I'm going to read these slides from Instagram mm. about 10 signs of maturity. Oh, maturity. Yeah. Cause so it, it kind of seems wrong. I feel like there's, it's one of those things. Um, oh, I was going to ask you earlier, so I didn't sound like an idiot on the podcast, but I guess it's too late for that. Um, <laughs> what is it? It's kind of like, uh, you have two things, but, it, but one of them didn't necessarily cause the other. Like just because they kind of coincide or they're coincidental, it doesn't mean like this caused that. There's there's a bigger there's a more general term for that type of situation, isn't there? Other like other than coincidence, I, I'm like I was trying to rack my brain for a little bit earlier. Like, what is that actually called? And and I feel like I've I learned it in like an English class even. Um where like do you know what I'm talking about though? Like that concept? Of like, just because this doesn't mean it caused that. Like, but you're not talking about like causality. 
I don't because think so. You're you're talking about a phrase for two things that, and it's not coexist no. because that's different. It, Mutualism, me, like where two things are like. So I keep thinking about in science, right? You have like parasitism, which is when something lives off something else, mm. and then you have like commensalism, where like two things live, and that might that phrase. At this point in my life, I think words sometimes I just make up, um, <laughs> but where two things mutually exist together and they benefit from each other, but not directly. Maybe it's mutually exist that I'm thinking of. Mutually exist. Because okay. my, my thought in this is like this post made me feel so odd because like I feel like there was like slight truth to it, okay. but I didn't think it like meant that you were mature is like why I I, oh, I grabbed it. Okay. So let me read them and maybe we'll we'll figure it out or unpack it in a sense. But so number 1, it says small talks no longer excite you. Sleep is better than a Friday night out. You forgive more. You become more open-minded. You respect differences. You don't force love. You accept heartaches. You don't judge easily. Um, you sometimes prepare to be silent than to engage in nonsense fight. I love that. The nonsense, <laughs> nonsense fight. fight. Yeah. Your happiness doesn't depend on people, but on your inner self. So, so wait, these are, these are, <laughs> these are the 10 signs the of 10 maturity signs of maturity. And I know that my, and is my... this, I'm assuming for the, for the assumption of this discussion, mm -hmm. are we assuming this means, um, like, is this emotional maturity? Is this physical maturity? Is this maturity in the sense of aging? Because, like, right. like, when you say maturity to me, um, there are a number of, of topics that one could talk about. Right. Um, but we're dissecting this person's Ooh. 10 signs of what it means to be mature yeah. now listening to that it sounds more like emotion like a lot of the things in there are emotional right i think these would be more tied to emotional emotional maturity okay the one thing i'm gonna say because we haven't done it yet and i usually do it we i haven't read a definition so oh, i'm gonna, I'm gonna yeah, look up, let's, up let's, maturity let's, let's read the definition of maturity which i think is gonna be hilarious are you using webster's um using i think oxford pops up oxford, oxford pops okay. up just through google which is this is hilarious because maturity means the state fact or period of being mature <laughs> yeah one of those. super duper cool the word is in the definition yeah, yeah yeah so i'm gonna look up mature okay which i like this rabbit hole we're going down <laughs> Um, okay, We're so there's just gonna a few. read out definitions yeah, for yeah, the yeah. next twenty minutes. Mature, uh -huh. fully developed, physically full grown, having reached the most advanced stage in a process. Ooh. So that's like a that good one. one. Having reached the most advanced stage in a process. So let's, because I initially think just like habitually that this is more like emotional maturity. Yeah. You know, because even like animals matured to that what is it uh they sexually mature to that point where they can mate right like yeah there's that point when yeah. they become adulthood well that's which, like a physical maturity right, right? that's more like, like that like, physical i would think that this would be more of the emotional which like as you mature as a like as like if we think of being a human being as mm -hmm. a process yeah then this is the final stage of being a human being yeah these are the things 
that yeah. you would want in that final stage, according to this person. Exactly. Okay. And the cool. funny part is, I think that like some I don't of them, know already. I don't know if I agree with some of them. But right. Yeah. Like some of them have truth. Yeah. But like as far as like a yay or nay for these, if we do the first one, yeah, I was gonna say let's break it down one by one. Small talks no longer excite you. I don't think that's true. Like small talks, like. Okay, so first off, <laughs> first off, is anyone ever excited by small talk? Is that like a thing that people right. get really, ooh, if you're what's immature. the weather? You asked me, what's the weather? Dude, right. it's fantastic. Like, I don't know <laughs> anyone who gets excited by right. small talk. And that's where I guess that mutually exclusivity comes in where I'm like, yeah. does that mean you're mature? Because then, because the opposite is like, as far as like the 10 signs of not being mature, if we just add a knot in all these. Or... Like, are we overthinking it? And, and for somebody like, if we go back in time to when we were teenagers and you had to talk to a girl for the first time, literally saying anything can be exciting. Mm. Like, I like your shoes. And that's <gasps> small talk. They talk to me like, okay. So, yeah, okay. Okay. Maybe we're talking about it more on the lines of the simple conversational pieces no longer have the same emotional intensity mm. as they did when you were kids. Right. Whereas because like, a, like someone could just say anything to you. And if it was someone that you were like kind of into, like that was a big deal. Right. But they even said, said like, something. Hey, you're in my way. Can you move? You'd be like, <laughs> and if they oh, touched your oh, shoulder, Oh my gosh, like this is <laughs> best day ever. Um, you mark it in your calendar. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I know, because on, on okay. that note is like, right, like, I, I have small talk with my wife. I ask her how her day was. We talk yeah. about things. But, like, it would be weird if it stopped there with my wife, who I have, like, a three-year marriage with a six-year relationship, where it's like, we talk about the deeper things. Like, immediately. Right. Like, <laughs> that's where it's, like, a weird thing for this. It's like, I don't think that that means you're mature. Like, for me, this would be a nay. Yeah, I mean, I... Right, we can kind of see where this is coming from, and and I don't think excite is the right term. I think, I think, it would be, if I was to translate this, it would be having surface relationships is no longer fulfilling. Mm. Because I would give that one a yay. Right. Like if you think about small talk, small talk is usually when you don't really know the person because you don't really know what to talk about. So you tend to lean towards general things like there's always that awkward moment when you're in an elevator or you're with someone and there's a stranger there. And to break the silence, someone asks like, hey, what about this weather? Or like, hey, did you catch the game the other night? Or like, hey, what are you anything doing? to fill anything the space fill with the, the humans? Space, right. Very, very surface level communication. Now, if all of your interactions are that surface level interaction, I could I could see if we're talking about moving through a process. Right. That's like step one of communication is 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 being able to feel comfortable just talking to people. And and so small talk is like where we start. That's where we feel we can kind of exist. We try to find mutual ground. There's some big mutual ground spaces there. Maybe there are people that never leave that space. Um, and so we don't develop deeper relationships with even people. And, and when I say deeper relationships, I don't even mean like um, 
a romantic relationship or, or right. something that develops into, you know, even like a deep, like friendship, but just our relationships to our coworkers, you know, like sometimes you you work with the same person for five years. How <laughs> much do you really know about them and their passions? Like, right. You know, you and I used to work in the same place. There was an, amplitude of small talk Mm -hmm. that existed about customer everything except you know what really that person is and and the relationships we stay into after we leave are the ones where you get beyond that yeah and so on just if we're if we're nailing down the way that it's phrased Mm -hmm. then i think i'm with you in the disagreement in the nay yeah in the nay about you know small talk is no longer exciting but if it's if we go a little bit deeper and we say surface level relationships are no longer fulfilling, then I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. Right. Because as you mature and you acquire more life experience and you acquire more relationship experience, you understand the difference between a surface level interaction and a deep connection. And we strive for those deep connections in life because they're valuable. Yeah. And you really get to know someone and you connect on a deeper level. And, and so I can see that being a space that I'd want to be in as a maturity like yeah in the process tick. no for Should sure we be writing this down like are we gonna release <laughs> this, this is our book right on the thing like <laughs> called uh, we, we took these 10 steps and then we created <laughs> we these made the, the better instead, 10 steps that kind of make more surface sense. level relationships yeah because no i gotta admit fulfilling. again this is from my awful algorithm on instagram yeah of the grind post that i that i oh, put out there right. so like this is just stuff that's that right. i get where it yeah. thinks that like this is the life i'm looking for actually yeah. i gotta show you this one because I, I screenshotted it right afterwards about maturity with a picture of mr bean oh of course because <laughs> when i think maturity <laughs> i think mr bean <laughs> i love it Th- that was a funny one though and i was like oh, i gotta gosh. at least take a picture of yeah. it but yeah this is the kind of stuff that it feeds me i do i do appreciate your your daily grind posts they are fantastic yeah and i and i like to think there are people out there who follow you on instagram mm-hmm. that think you're like 100 percent that guy there are and don't actually know you as a human being on a deeper level yeah because Small talk. They're not mature. Is exciting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah. All right. No, but yeah, small talk. I, I feel like I don't think I could pinpoint like a specific age that I was, but I feel like there was a moment in my life where I was like, I want deeper connections with people mm-hmm. with like me as who I am and who I'm finding out who I am. Yeah. And like, even with my wife, right? Like how that doesn't is, mean you you're know? not going to stop small talk. Sometimes right. it's awkward to break uh, into new ground when you're meeting people. And so mm-hmm. we, we tend to lean on what's comfortable and sometimes small talk is comfortable. I catch myself too, like going to the weather sometimes like, yeah, oh, yeah it's been great. Right. Like, especially in interactions with like retail, like behind the counter, you know, like you're, you're there for like 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you, you know, um, yeah, yeah, you still want to acknowledge this the, person, but the other extreme, right. If, all you ever had was deep intense connections all the time you know a a really good i think middle ground here is like when someone asks you and it's small talk right 
how are you doing? Mm-hmm. That's a small talk thing. Yeah. In general, most people answer, good, fine. Thanks you for know? asking. Yeah, thanks for asking. I'm all right. We're moving on. But in general, we're usually not. Like, how often do we really answer honestly? Because that would require a deeper connection. That would require more time. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think something that I like to respond to that question when, when I ask, you know, hey, how are you feeling? And someone goes, I'm good. I usually fire back. Is that the good to move the like to move this conversation forward, or is that the good because we don't have enough time to really get into what's happening in my life right now? Mm-hmm. And more often than not, almost one hundred percent of the time, the response to that question is yes. We just don't have the time. Interesting to get into it, and then and then I like to let people know. Well, if you do. I can be here for it. Yeah. You know, maybe we don't have the time now, but but find me later. Let's, yeah. Let's get into that. Cause you know, I might steal that. Please do. That's a good I, one. Please do. I, I think that we have these kind of automatic responses we do with each other, especially people that you interact with all the time. And, and yes, like we don't want to dump on, every, you know, like, Hey, like when I was going through, really intense emotional things in my life that was also the most when i was the most closed off yeah because i didn't want to put that on everyone we've all been in those situations where someone just dumps like you ask that question right and they're like well let me tell you yeah and then they just 30 minutes of just all of this stuff that you're like oh yeah well i did ask them how they're doing so they're letting me know did i really want that there's all these sides to it but I, I like to draw the line with the idea of like deeper connection and that, you know, in, in the process of moving a human being forward, that it would make sense to want to strive for more deeper relationships with the people around you. Yeah. Yeah. In, in a positive way. Right. I, right. Right. I'm sure there's people out there that would argue the opposite. That like you know who just, just prefer too many people. I don't yeah. want to know. They want to know one person about everyone. Well. <laughs> like like I wanted. It's not <clears throat> quantity. It's quality. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think the yay or nay system is good for these. Yeah. Um, number two then is sleep is better than a Friday night out. I don't know. I I initially just it's feel uncomfortable enough to one. say nay. But again, I think it could be reworded. such a loaded one. Look, if you're tired, then sleep is very important. Right. But there are times when like sleep being better than a Friday night out 100% of the time. Right. No. Like who wants that? And I don't even think that shows you're mature. Exactly. It just means you're tired. That's why I was like that <laughs> that part where I was asking in the beginning of like I don't think that means you're mature. I think there might be some things to it like yeah. maybe the self-control aspect of like hey like I'm tired and I need to rest maybe I don't go out every single Friday this month and I'm exhausted or I don't know like Ooh, that aspect like, of self-control I like where you're going there. You know like maybe uh, I should take care of myself and sleep this Friday night. Yes. But I don't think it means that it's okay. better than a friday night out like a hundred percent of the time great so we break this one down the other one right small talk isn't as exciting we went into surface level relationships 
are no longer fulfilling. All right, so sleep on a Friday night, or yes, yeah, sleep is better than than a than a large Friday night out. I like where you're going because to me, it's the idea of I know what I need, right, and then. I'm going to give myself what I need. And whether that is a good night's sleep or to go stay out all night, make deep relationships with people and have stories to tell, either one's fine. It's not one or the other. But I know what I need in the moment and I'm going to make sure... I cover my needs. Right. Cause yeah. I mean, I even think of the, uh, uh, for lack of a better term, the stigma of like older people going to bed early. Right. Like as their yeah. natural clocks, I don't know what it is that when it happens, but as you get like 50, 60, 70, whatever it is, you like start going to bed early and earlier. Cause you wake up earlier and earlier. Well, And, and, and I don't think that's straight across the board. Right. I think human beings are diverse enough that there are night owls, that just naturally like to exist at night. There are people who are morning people and yes, your situation in life could change that throughout. I used to be a crazy night owl and then I became a morning person. Um, And I now exist in both depending on the situation. (laughs) I'm in this weird state that no matter when I go to bed, whether it is nine 30 or two o'clock at night it's rare that i stay up past two o'clock at night these days <coughs> whichever one of those i go to bed i wake up at the same time really yeah it's it's rare that i sleep in past eight o'clock um you know it's it's like seven hours of sleep so you know at the two o'clock range if i go to bed then it's like closer to eight eight thirty um sometimes even six thirty yeah like if i go to two sometimes i wake up at six thirty it's only like four and a half hours sleep but i'm like all right i'm up um but i mean we're digressing in the i think the, <laughs> the big the big takeaway for me with that one is you know it's not all one or the other it's exactly I know, it's it's i know what i need yeah. And and I'm gonna and I'm gonna act on what I need. Yeah. Because sometimes I need to stay up all night. I still do that every now and then. I'll have a night where I'm reading or listening to a story and I wanna know how it ends. I'm creating artwork and the artwork is really great. Sometimes I'm just up in my head about what's happening in life or what's coming up and I wanna really think it through and I'm in a groove and I'll stay up all night mm-hmm. and then still get through the next day and boy do i have great night's sleep at the end right of that. yeah yeah you know i just think for this one it's a nay because i don't think when you sleep defines your maturity you know it doesn't make you mature yeah and i i think it's <clears throat> again i think it's the decision making the decision making process making. that's really being analyzed here in that I'm choosing what my body needs over what potentially is the peer pressure at the time to Mm -hmm. like go out and do things and and be out there. Right. right? Yeah. Like sometimes it's okay to say, 
you know what? I know there's there's an event, and yes, I would really like to go, but maybe I'm feeling a little run down. Maybe I've been burning the midnight oil a couple nights this week. Like I need rest. Yeah. And, and being aware of that, I think, is something that we can agree is maturity. Yeah. But the blanket statement of <laughs> I'm always going to sleep <laughs> on Friday yeah, yeah. is not yeah. a level of maturity. You can go out all Thursday night, but Friday night is yeah, the just, maturity just Friday. one. Yeah, just yeah. Friday. yeah. That shows you're mature. <laughs> yeah. 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 Now that's a nay for me. Okay. Um next one. So this is one of the ones that I like sat up in a sense of like, hmm, maybe there's something to this, and that's why I want to unpack it. Number three, you forgive more. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I mean, I <laughs> I feel in general with this one, there's no deeper thing right. to unpack. Yeah. I feel like it's real simple. And in order to forgive, there's a level of kind of empathy yeah. that exists because you can under you, you try to understand where someone else is coming from and then put a benefit of the doubt scenario in there or just in general realize that human beings aren't perfect and we're going to do things that suck sometimes yeah and that that also includes yourself and so if you're going to want people to forgive you when you make a mistake then it's important that you also learn how to forgive yeah others and when they make mistakes that's the route that like my brain took like yeah. looking at this is like i've always been the type of person to like try to be easy to forgive because i would appreciate that in return and i mean that's even the golden rule we've all probably heard a thousand times in a sense you know and like so I always try to like be a forgiving person because I know I'm not perfect <laughs> and I know I'm really not perfect. So I try to be really forgiving so that people can be that understanding side and that forgiving side with me. But yeah, I think, I think this was more of a yay. Yeah. And there's, there's two, there's almost like a, a level in this too, where it's, it's not just forgiveness to people, you know, that you have to interact with mm -hmm. more often, like family family's one right you know obviously you're gonna see them again <laughs> like they're your family <laughs> um maybe you've written them off that's it's your choice but um to me like the next level to this is even having forgiveness for like strangers you know because <clears throat> excuse me we've all come across those situations you know where uh, you and I work retail or have worked retail. You you're still in that space, but um, you know, going through retail, you get dumped on like all the time, and it, mm. it usually has nothing to do with you. <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's it it's not about you, and you know, sometimes human beings just dump. They're having a shit day. They're going through crap things. Like it happens. Um, and they take it out on someone like randomly, they have their breaking point and you just happen to be the one in front of them when they break, uh, having forgiveness for that is tough. Yeah. You know, and you're driving, you know, forgive that someone didn't blink and just almost ran you off the road. Like, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, I think in general for me, it's 
a constant work in progress. Like if you think of your life as a constant work in progress, I'm never going to master anything because there's always something else I can learn. Um, forgiveness is one of those things where it's real easy to say, I forgive you, but then also carry that burden kind of still in the background Mm -hmm. of like, were you like, have you really forgiven someone if you constantly bring it up to people? Right. You know, so it's a, it's a work in progress for me. I, I think that I agree that in this idea of, uh, the process of humanity and, and being a human that the more mature you are, the more you're going to lean into forgiveness versus yeah. like carrying stuff with you. Yeah. Cause there's also, again, one. like, like we were saying like that self-awareness of like where you are in the process mm-hmm. to understanding other people are also in that process. Mm-hmm. You know, none of us are perfect. There's a thought I've been having, um, about driving, you know, uh, mm-hmm. lately where I think, 99 out of 10 times and apply it to different situations. Like in a sense that like, I don't think people cut you off cause they want to ruin your day. I think they're just doing what they're doing because their life is in a sense revolving around them. You know, yeah. like, I don't think there's a driver Probably on the road. They didn't even see you. Exactly. Yeah. So there's like these people who like, Hey, they try to do this thing or like they get mad at you cause you did this thing, but you didn't realize that they were there or like things like that. And it's that aspect of like, at the core as humans, I think, you know, we're all selfish creatures and none of us are perfect and we all work on it and some are more self-aware, but, um, a lot of us naturally we're at the center of our own worlds. And so like, we're not thinking naturally about other people of like, Oh, like this person just cut me off or like I went in front of this person. I wasn't doing it on purpose, but it's like that person immediately thinks the adverse of like, why did that person cut me off? You know, Mm -hmm. rather than like, why did that person have to get in this lane or whatever it is? And I've just been thinking about it because, uh, you know, driving in Southern California is exactly what it is. (laughs) So with that in mind, then the, leaning towards forgiveness is being more aware of the fact that there's a common humanity Mm -hmm. out there and that like we're all we're all part of it and we're all these in a way flawed human beings that are going to make mistakes yeah and so do i want to be the kind of person that you know it's really easy to hold others to a standard you don't put on yourself. But am I going to be the person that like understands that if I want a certain thing, then Mm -hmm. I have to apply it to everyone else. And I think that is, that is maturity. Yeah. I like it. Me too. Number four. Number four. There's you be- how many of these? 25? There's 10. Okay. <laughs> no, 20. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm actually yeah. going to add some. Uh, there no. are 137. <laughs> we're on four. Yeah, we're on four. Buckle in, go. everyone. You become more open-minded. Become more open-minded. I think it relates to the last one in that common humanity sense of like you take things with this more is- understanding this is this is this is an interesting one. Yeah. I want to I want to hear go ahead, sorry. Yeah, I think um I I'll admit. I mean, okay, so I'm I'm pretty young, I understand that and I've got some some years under my belt, but I know that there are people who are more experienced than me. And I used to think I was open-minded. 
And I look back and I'm like, I was not. I am more self-aware now that I try to be more open-minded. Mm-hmm. I know that I still have, uh, uh, I have lack in that <laughs> area still and I can do better. But like my self-awareness, I'm trying to like actively be open-minded. Yeah. And it's one of those things where like the way that I've experienced it for me is like, let's just say in the instances of like right and wrong, like, Hey, I'm not always right. I'm not always wrong. Like I don't want to approach situations as right and wrong. You know, I'm talking to someone and it turns out like it goes towards right and wrong. I'm like, no, 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 no. Like I don't think there's right and wrong. I think we're just different. Like I do this one way and you do it the other way. I don't want to make you feel like you're wrong and I'm right or even vice versa. Like I don't want to feel like I'm wrong, but I want to be open-minded to the fact that like we are different people mm-hmm. and we do things differently. Mm-hmm. And I think even in the last year, that's like one of the big lessons that I've learned about people. Um, even just friends and family and such, you know? And yeah. I think there's a level of maturity that comes with becoming more open-minded. Um, but I don't know. I feel like there's, there's a lot more, like I said, a lot more that I have to learn about it in general. Yeah. This one's loaded for me because now I'm thinking about the idea that in general, when, when someone says maturity, there's an automatic assumption that it comes with age. And you said like when I was, you know, like young minded, that that's another term for immature, right? Yeah. But if you think about some of the most closed minded individuals you've ever met, they're old people. Agreed. So it's it's interesting to see here this now I'm starting to think like okay so maturity doesn't necessarily mean age right it is things can mature as far as and again I think that's that physical development right said yeah yeah we're emotionally uh, I think open mindedness uh, here to me can be substituted for um, empathy. And I've brought up empathy a lot. Empathy, the capacity to understand more than yourself and kind of understand someone else. Um, I don't think we can ever truly 100% know what someone is going through. But I think what I like about the concept of empathy is that you can try, you know? Yeah. I don't think you're going to nail it because a person is a culmination of experiences and there's going to be some experiences that you don't have. That's the second time I've heard that this month. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I like it. Let me just throw that out. There. Yeah. Cause you know, it's like when, when someone starts explaining like what, what they're going through there's there's always like we want to help and so we say things like oh when i went through this or i i yeah. did this or i went i went through that like i also felt these things so it's okay but we all go through experience with our own stints to it and and i'm learning more and more and and again this is moving towards a process of becoming more mature I guess is the idea that um, sometimes it's okay to just say wow that sucks yeah and um, I don't understand I can't you know but I want to and um, 
I understand that that what you're going through right now is difficult for you. Yeah. I'm not going to offer advice. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I think you should do. I ultimately think that you need to figure that out for yourself. But I want to support you. And maybe that's like, I'll make you some food so you don't have to make some food. Or Right, yeah. Um, you know, is there anything that you need me to pick up so you don't have to deal with it? Or um, any errands you need to do? Like, ultimately, like, there's, there is, we want to give advice. Because ultimately, we want to help. But But sometimes in the process of helping, if you're not putting the filter of empathy to it, you can sound really self-centered. Like, you know, all the answers someone's coming to you with like emotional discomfort, mm-hmm. open-mindedness, um, to me is not, it's not saying everything's okay. You know, like I, I don't think being open-minded means that you're just cool with everything. Right. You know? right. Like I think it's okay to have some definite, understandings about what is good for you and what what you feel um and even goes so far as to say things like what you believe yeah being open-minded in my mind is like an empathy to understand that that someone isn't necessarily on the same journey as you and and seeing the same things that you're seeing yeah and and that's okay i i feel like more often than not, open-mindedness gets more labeled into, like, oh, like, you're cool with everything. Like, I'm <laughs> open-minded. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm into whatever you're throwing try at me. Try everything once. I'm, <laughs> yeah, kidding. try everything three times, you know? Like, let's do this. Yeah, yeah. And I don't, I don't, you know, and maybe that's what this post is saying, but um, right. I think, again, to me, this one I'd like to reword, which is, you know, uh, how does how what's the exact phrase here? You become more open minded. You become more empathetic. Yeah, that's what I'd like to see. Yeah, I got a, I got a few thoughts. Yeah, um, I think a level of open mindedness, of maturity, and I say in air quotes, and um, becoming more mature and becoming more open minded as a sign of that. I think there's a level of being okay to admit you're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like in that side partnered with empathy of like, I'm open-minded in a sense where like, I don't think I have the right ways. And like, and I think, I think of that because you mentioned like people who are more closed-minded or maybe are older, you know, like that happens all, really often. And it's one of those things where like, I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> so it's the only right way. The, yeah. Yeah. Well, Hey, guess yeah. what? Uh, yeah. 30 years have passed and we found a better way to do this. Yeah. Yeah. We learned um, some things. In that was one of the things. Years. Yeah. Um, and the second thing, parted up with uh i'm gonna claim that i don't know where i've seen this video but i've seen the video somewhere that i don't remember um <laughs> there's this video about like sympathy versus empathy and i believe you've seen it um off the top of my head i don't remember who the author is but it's like a ted talk about sympathy versus empathy where like sympathy is more of the side of like oh hey you know your situation sucks but at least it's not this bad or like it's like not really mm-hmm. um seeing that person like you said and like understanding where they're coming from where empathy could be just more of like hey that sucks. And you know, if I've learned anything in the last three years of marriage is that I cannot fix everything. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah, like I, I'm, my wife has problems. I'm not here to fix things. And sometimes she just yeah. wants to listen or for me to listen to her. And, um, and I don't need to be, that's right. not what necessarily somebody wants. Exactly. 
yeah is to be the one that fixes it for them yeah because yeah. one of the funny things is is for me with a lot of the people that i look up to or like when i've been going through stuff and i've like shared i personally i really like to hear people's similar experiences that they've had because mm-hmm. it makes me feel like i'm not alone in some things that i might be going through yeah. like i i personally love to hear like someone who i look up to is like yeah i went so- through something like really similar and it was really hard and you know what like this is what i did and i most of those people who've done it tactfully in that sense um have offered it in such a way of like hey this might not be the answer for you mm-hmm. but like i'll share how i dealt with it if it if it helps at all you know and they know yeah. that they might not have the answer did, did they I, I feel like the tact there comes into like, you know, sometimes just straight up ask like, well, are you looking for advice? Right. Yeah. That's it a could powerful be, it could be clarification as as question. That. Like, like right now, do you need, do you need me just to sit and listen? Yeah. Or are you telling me this because you're seeking help and advice? Because active listening in those situations may look different. Mm-hmm. And it may come to different outcomes. Yeah. I think that's a powerful tool of like asking questions like that, that could be boosted in society in a sense. Cause mm-hmm. even some of like the random friends that I've made, like at the coffee shop that I've oddly enough built like real uh, relationships with over the last year, mm-hmm. like there are literal times where they're like opening up to me or like I'm opening up to them and I'm like, that sucks. Or I'm like, Hey, do you want like advice or like, can I tell you what I think about that? Or like, you yeah, know, Hey, you like at? that just sucks. Like, you know, I think that's something that could be in a sense normalized of like getting on the level of like what we're looking for rather than like someone just coming like, Oh, like, let me tell you how I feel about that. Because like, that's what you're telling me. Right. Like, no, not always. Yeah. Like, yeah, well, <laughs> I might just need to tell someone. <laughs> the normalization needs to be that like the idea that if someone is bearing their soul to you, that you're, you're obligated to give advice. Right. You know, like maybe, maybe we don't just automatically assume that that's, that's the way it is. And we, we ask for clarification. I mean, think of how many things would change for the better if we asked for clarification. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Something simple. Like, is this what you mean? Right. Or am I misinterpreting that? Mm -hmm. But there's this thing that happens to us as human beings called emotions. (laughs) <laughs> that get in the way of in the heat Everything. of the moment having those good thoughts and asking yeah. those good questions we get caught up in the emotions of it and sometimes it's hard to pull yourself out yeah i think this one i'd give a nay but for your rewording of like becoming more empathetic i'd give yeah. a yay yeah for me it's like a it depends because i i hesitate to to think on that open-mindedness that I mentioned that's just like, I'm cool with everything. I don't necessarily think that that's maturity. Mm-hmm. I feel like that one actually bleeds into number five here. Okay. Of you respect differences. Okay. I feel like yeah. that's that similar thing we were just yeah. kind of harping on where like, again, even just respecting the difference of like, Hey, you think of this differently than I do. And that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there might not always be a right and wrong. I suppose. And the respect of the differences means we can have a conversation about it that's open and allows for both opinions to be expressed. And and that's not a discourse that happens often these days. I think that, you know, if you look at current 
political and news trends, polarization yeah. and, and moving, you know, like us versus them and, and, and these conversations. But like we're all in this place together. We yeah. all exist together. <laughs> yeah. What 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 benefit is going to come if we if we keep not engaging with 50 percent of the population? Right. I mean, we're split as a country. Yeah. And and if we don't try to understand where people are coming from and we don't respect the fact that this difference exists, then it's only going to create conflict. Yeah. And that conflict's never going to get resolved because in, in half the people's minds, they're right. The other people is wrong. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what the topic is. And if, if there's not this, so this is the, I mean, this one's almost straightforward. Yeah. Like, and I, I think it, it goes to say like, even with the holiday season coming up, Folks, it'd be a really good idea to just bring up politics and religion with your family. <laughs> just kidding. Just straight. Just, yeah, just straight. bring it up. Hey, can you pass the gravy? And oh, by the way, here's some politics. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's always a really I think, common yeah, idea. That's just, that's just, you know, always brings about the best holiday cheer. Yeah. Um, there was another thought I had the other day, and I, I can't remember who I mentioned it to, but I was like, man. I can't wait till the outer space aliens attack and humanity just comes together. <laughs> you know, when we all realize we're all in the same race and we just get yeah. over it yeah. and we all fight the aliens. Cause you know, that's what yeah. happens. Yeah. But look what happened when we had something on this planet, like a virus come to this earth and potentially threaten all of humanity. Did we come together? No, not so much. <laughs> not so much. Very true. So you know, like in that, like if you actually think about it, if in in that example, if aliens did come to this planet, there'd be half of the population that'd be like, "These are our new overlords," and the yeah, other yeah. half of the population would be like, uh, "We no, should probably fight we them. We should probably, you know, maybe defend ourselves, figure it out." Or again, if we're mature, or be friends. If we're mature as a humanity. We should know that there might be some differences with this alien yeah. race and like maybe we shouldn't fight yeah. them. Maybe we've got some things to learn. Maybe they're just misunderstood. You know, yeah. maybe they're fleeing a dying planet and they're just looking for some resources, you know. Yeah. I personally think a little bit way. that uh aliens have definitely flown flown past Earth and been like, nah, we'll come back. <laughs> like not right yeah. now it's a bad time yeah thinking about what we project into the world into the universe yeah 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 that, that one's a solid one yeah this <laughs> this one's interesting number six you don't force love <laughs> you don't force love is this like saying like don't rape people yeah like <laughs> like is that that's a level of maturity like when i was immature i just forced my love yeah on, like, i think i think we could break it down I don't that think one it's that makes simple, me kind of bummed out to think about don't well um, because i don't think love i don't think love here is a romantic love okay maybe i'm reading into this no maybe let's this read is into my own, it my own interpretation but you don't force love and and it's such a weird phrasing for that because again immediately think of somebody being like you will love me yeah love me like very now. uncomfortable situations all around um i think i think the phrasing is 
you like you can't make someone love you yeah and like an unrequited love situation so it's not a force but like you can't make someone love you yeah like and if you attempt to do that really you're not being your genuine true self you're you're coming up with all these ways in which you're like what are you trying to like trick this person into feeling some sort of emotion like i'm putting together all of these things so that like i project what i think this person needs in order to love me like in that sense i guess the the force is like almost like trying too hard yeah like you can't force love onto someone is more like you can't try to make someone love you it's always gonna fail because in the end you do one of two things either you in the pursuit of that making this person love you you truly lose sight of yourself and in the end who does that person love right not you this, this person you created you created in order to like get this emotion out of someone. Yeah, exactly. I, you know, I, a lot of this boiled down to like, you know, be being genuine, but also understanding there's like an understanding that comes with, you know, what is love? What do we want out of love? What do you want out of love? What, what is it that, that ultimately, it means for someone to love you do you have to earn it if you have to earn it if you have to earn someone's love then that means there's something about you that isn't deserving of that love that you need to change you need Mm -hmm. to you need to not be yourself in order to earn that love and speaking from a little too personal experience like if there's conditions to love it's not love Mm -hmm. um and i think that it's really important to understand that when you decide to love that it shouldn't come with conditions if you're going to love someone, you love them for who they are, not who they should be or who they could be, or if they just did this one thing. Yeah. You should, you should love them for it. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I don't know. I, I think I agree with the concept of what this one is kind of convey. Cause I think it's trying to convey that. I don't think it's it's trying to again the don't physical force. I the just physical it. act of forcing <laughs> like that is love. Awful. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like or or even yelling at someone. You have to love me. Like, yeah. I don't think that it's really trying to say that because I get the facet of of what you're saying fitting this this kind of yeah. cookie cutter of that. Again, I I'd like to rephrase it to you. You can't make someone love you. Mm-hmm. I I think we do have ideas in our youth. And again, this could be the idea of immaturity that if there's something I could say or do, I will win this person over. And like when you're first dabbing a toe into romantic relationships or 
um, you know, trying to get a significant other and, and the, the pressures of dating and, and all this other stuff. It's like, it's very easy to think that it's a, it's almost like a game of like, what do I present? What do I say? What do I do to get this person to reciprocate some emotion to me? Um, and I think the maturity here in this process as it moves towards a stage is the more you realize that being your true genuine self 100% of the time and doing a lot of these things that we talked about like expressing empathy and being open to a different you know like position like all of these things are going to lead towards being a type of person that someone can love and that you know but you have to find it in yourself first and that there's nothing you're going to do if you haven't done that that's going to win anyone over you know so in, right. in that in that concept i would say yeah but i i like how both of us as soon as we heard the word force we're like oh that feels uncomfortable yeah yeah, yeah. Like, yeah like like don't do that yeah this is don't a force anyone <laughs> if force is involved like no no and even even in maturity i don't think force should be involved right like, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. number seven <laughs> here we go um you accept heartaches accept you accept heartaches and i'm 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 curious because my brain immediately goes to like you understand that things happen in life and some things you can't do anything about and there's like a maturity of like just letting life do what it is and understanding maybe like hey you learn from everything you have to like that's roll with the punches and i think that's the maturity thing even that i've feel like i've learned and am learning is like you know what sometimes life just sucks and if you can take things in the sense of like i just want to learn from them Mm -hmm. even the bad even the good you know that's where you can show maturity or grow in maturity because like i don't i don't think it just applies to heartaches to me yeah you know unless we generalize heartaches as things that hurt your heart make you sad then yeah, yeah things that bum you out you know anything that feels bad that you can uh in a sense grow from is is where i think the accept that that should actually mean you know yeah i i i I think you you nailed it with there's a lesson to be learned in anything including heartache and in fact you know sometimes those are the biggest lessons yeah and and where the the greatest growth opportunity is i you know the the problem with the phrasing of accept heartache yeah you accept heartaches it's almost like um i could see someone read into this is like oh yeah crap happens you know shit happens i accept that i don't think that's maturity. mature yeah you know like just blanketly accepting the fact that there's going to be heartache in your life I, I really like the piece that you said about there's a lesson to be learned. I think yeah. if you're growing because of heartache, that's maturity. Yeah. Um, if you are learning and incorporating maybe 
you know, more about yourself and your needs because of heartache, then that's maturity. I think just accepting it, I have a hard time. Like if it's just the blanket statement, I'd be a no on this one. Yeah. As the way um, it's as the way it's as phrased. the way it's phrased, like accept heartache just feels more like life sucks, deal with it. And I, I don't yeah. think that that's a mature way to go about yeah, or even things. Mentally healthy. Because you're like, not you're not processing exactly that heartache. And yeah. I think the the processing the heartache, you know, embracing the fact that like you're going through emotions and that's okay. Like let's normalize the fact that we get overwhelmed and mm-hmm. we experience things differently as human beings. Um, but let's not just accept that. Let's, let's process. Yeah. Let's grow. Let's learn. Let's, let's incorporate. And it may happen again. You know, we may <laughs> right. go through it again, but let, let, let's learn another layer to it. Let's, let's keep moving it forward. Let's not just accept that these things happen to us. Yeah. Cause I think the connotation for me, um, like I guess in a, a negative connotation of accept is like could even lead towards like a callousness or a closed offness of like again processing those emotions where you're like oh like I've accepted my heartaches but you're not actually like learning and processing and you're not actually working through your emotions you could just be like closing yourself off to them mm-hmm. and then it's like that could somewhat be considered accepting heartaches I suppose but like not in a good light you know yeah no um yeah and that's i think i would i would kind of say nay for this one too in that sense of how it's yeah conveyed yeah again. i think i think <laughs> if the, if you used your wording of like you process and learn from hardship or heartache then i'd be like yes sounds good <laughs> sounds good to me let's do it yeah agreed yeah yeah uh number eight you don't judge easily I feel like it's tied into previous ones. Yeah, I feel like this is like kind of a little bit of the open-mindedness. This is the one it's they just the had to get to 10. difference of opinion. <laughs> it's like, we need 10 of these. Let's rephrase <laughs> one of the ones before. I don't, you know, I, again, for those who know me, the mansplaining comment you made at the beginning is very uh, apparent. I, <laughs> as a teacher, I like saying yeah. the same thing like four times in like slightly different ways, but they all say the same thing. I think we could, oh, we, I mean, we could, we could say a bunch of things about this. About you don't judge easily. Yeah. You don't judge easily. But I, I think that, that judgment is more along the lines of the previous things we said yeah. about, again we we put an empathy filter on it we try to understand like the why behind what is happening and and we process and we learn and we uh try to try to do more than just react yeah i think judgment is is a reaction like you see something you're like ooh like that's it's a reaction it's quick there's not a lot of thought to it usually you know very rarely does someone sit think ponder and research and then you know at that point you've developed a theory it's not a judgment yeah um but it it's a loaded word because yeah cuz i guess the judgment where in a sense i would ag- i would agree to this one um 
because the word judgment, like you mentioned, is more of like that reaction, and it could it even be. it's more of the reaction without understanding people. Like yeah. you're not taking time to be empathetic to understand where people could be coming from, and you're you, reacting to what you see, yeah, or what you've heard, or you know what you're thinking about because yeah. of what you've seen or heard, and you just judge this is what's going on. And it's like, that could be not even close to that person's situation Mm -hmm. or why they made that decision or what's going on in their head in that sense. And I feel like there is a level of maturity that is shown from not judging people, but also going into that empathetic portion of what we were talking about with a a few of the other ones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 All right, where are we where are we at? Number nine. Like we're, we're getting there. We're getting, getting there. We're there. almost there. Hang in there. You sometimes prepare to be silent than to engage in a nonsense fight. <laughs> I think there's an aspect of listening that's important in maturity. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's a sign of maturity or an indication of it. I feel like this is totally related to the... Um respecting differences one right again we're like we're like filling to 10 at this point yeah yeah. because yeah. again this one is more wordy but like you sometimes prepare to be silent than to engage in a nonsense fight i think the preparation portion is what like feels more mature to me like you're mindful you know yeah but there's a side to this that's is silence a form of like no. on a topic, a form of maturity. <laughs> I don't think so. Because I think if if you really understood where you where your opinion is in something, or how to express yourself in a non-judgmental or emotional way, then like there's no such thing as a nonsensical fight. Because at that point, you're being honest. Yeah. You're being open. You're being transparent. And these are all positive things that we've talked about, like moving this process of humanity forward. The the idea that me not saying anything versus getting in a fight is a form of maturity. That's like survival instinct. Let me say this layer. Ready? Yeah. So I read it and I focused on the preparation portion because it says you sometimes prepare to be silent than to engage in a nonsense fight. But it doesn't necessarily say that in a nonsense fight, you're silent. Like I would say if Mm -hmm. it just said, hey, you're silent when it comes to a nonsense fight or whatever, I'd say nay for sure. Okay. I think I'm leaning more towards yay because you're preparing preparing to listen in a nonsense fight. And who knows? Maybe you do speak up based on maybe things that you did prepare, but like you're preparing to go into something maybe more open-minded. You're preparing to go into something to listen. And I think that's for me where the the specific wording of this, and maybe again, the emphasis of, of how you read it is where I might lean towards yay for that preparation yeah. piece. I think for me, silent is a very definitive word. Yeah. Well, <laughs> not, not so much definitive. That's, the question mark I have in this statement, like what, what does it mean to be silent? Yeah. Is it to be, cause you can be judgmental. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. You You can silently judge them. You can be silently judging this person. That's like trying to get you into an argument. You could be not respecting. Not an argument. 
a nonsense fight. A nonsense fight. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had a nonsense fight. I feel like a nonsense fight to me would be like fun. Like somebody right? threw a pie at me. Like what is this nonsense? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. let, 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 let us discourse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Here's some. Here's a chicken wing. Like yeah. what, what are we? What are we even fighting about? But you got to be silent during it. But there. But there is those moments. Like if you, if you've been in a long term relationship, um, you know you'll get into like like where you start talking and then all of a sudden you're fighting <coughs> and you don't even remember like why you're f- like why are we fighting yeah like, but i'm already in the fight so but this is like literally talking about preparing for silence yeah rather than or like rather than getting into a nonsense fight what's yeah i i don't know i have issues with this one yeah um because one there's silence doesn't necessarily mean maturity agreed um and also like if you are mature then anything is a learning opportunity Mm -hmm. and a chance to express yourself yeah and so there are no nonsense fights what if this had said you prepare to listen in an argument yeah or like you yeah you approach conversation uh because argument like even argument means that you're like i'm trying to persuade someone to a point so like in my mind it would almost read like instead of arguing you actively converse you know like it's it's more open-ended versus than like like I'm not trying to convince, like, I'm not just waiting to convince this person to my point of view. Right. It's, I'm having active discourse with this person so they understand where I've created this opinion based mm-hmm. on my experiences. And then they can explain why they have their experiences. And maybe we'll come to a common understanding that, like, oh, yeah, okay. You went through that. I can see where you're coming from and why exactly. you did that. And I went through this. So, like, let's just respect the fact that we both came to different things. But, like, I still like you as a person, even though you feel strongly about this thing because of what you went through. And I feel this other way. Um, and that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. These, these guys, you're right. This got deep. This guy. heavy. <laughs> Last right. one. Here we go. Your happiness doesn't depend on people, but on your inner self. Oof. Oh, that that one, they, again, the last two kind of felt like fillers. That this, one they held in in their number went, 10. Like, this is this is like literally their number one, but yeah, we saved yeah. it for number 10 yeah, because yeah, yeah. we want everyone to read the rest of them. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't really, I mean, I agree. I, I mean, we could, I could. That one's pretty straightforward for a yay. it, but I pretty much feel strongly about this one yeah i think it's super important because you know circumstances and people can change a lot and like if you dictate your emotions such as happiness on that that can affect you in so many ways that like aren't healthy and like as you mature you kind of learn to manage that think of how hard we tried to belong in high school and how for a lot of people it is literally the worst time in their lives. Yeah. Because they're we're trying so hard to be part of something 
but yet we don't really truly understand ourselves yet mm-hmm. and just all of the unhappiness that comes from that and yeah I, I just I agree that you know happiness truly being happy is truly knowing yourself and like what you're about and you know and in many ways moving through these processes yeah i think that um you know stagnation all these things there's all these cliches variety is the spice of life like (laughs) you know all i can think of all these things but um you know ultimately even even in our gluten conversation right we talked about you got to know your body you got to know what what it is and then that's going to lead you to make good decisions Mm -hmm. but you have to know it what works for you um same thing holds true here this is this is a solid yes yeah check yeah i think i mean i've had the mature definition up the whole time and i've keep glancing down of like having reached the most advanced stage in a process and you know like you said these processes all these things that they're kind of breaking down and although we want to reward some of them to like yeah really feel true because some of them are like yeah. eh, you just seem like you're uh, grinding bait for some some good content on instagram but uh you know grab that headline <laughs> i even think uh something that like i don't know why i feel like i can get lost in the concept of most like this isn't this isn't comparative this isn't more this is superlative as simple as it is like you learn this what in like third grade or something like this is the most advanced stage in a process maturity you know, like yeah. you've reached the end goal and you are now mature, but like there isn't one goal to maturity. It's all these different facets of like what can contribute to be you being mature and th- that superlative side of it is I think one of those things, cause you'll never reach the end for all of them. So I think in a sense, you more focus on the stages of the process stages of maturity. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like there's not, we're not all going to reach the end goal. Like, Hey, maybe I'm we never the do process you know? of maturing. Yeah. yeah, I, you're right. And, and, you know, I think that with something that involves human civilization, there's always going to be new information and new things to learn and to incorporate and if we don't if ever if ever we think like i've learned all i need to learn (laughs) and i'm done learning the new thing yeah then or any new things i'm good then at that point you've you've stopped maturing agreed and and in it in in some ways it's a regression I agree. Yeah, because yeah, you're not going to reach it. No. They're, they're, the it's most, like the you're not going to reach the most. In some most. ways, we can argue that no one's mature. Right. Yeah. There there might be that scale. And if we did yeah. more of a comparative, like more or less mature, more or less advanced stage in a sense, but not the most, you know? So the question, Dishno, that I'm sure all your listeners are wondering is, are you mature? You know, it's funny. I, I, uh, as I prepared this, yeah, I was like, I want to ask you if you think I'm mature at the end of this. But oh. I'm like, am I scared to know? Am, am I worried about that? Or, you know, am I slightly overthinking that? Cause I'll admit, but you don't need my approval. I don't. I personally no. don't. Um, no. 
it, as, as good as it feels to get from anyone in a sense, as, as far as natural human behavior, I really don't need it. I think I view it as that, that, that process. I can look back on my life and self-awareness and say, I've matured. Um, I'm definitely more mature than I was even a year ago as far as checkpoints, you know, and and five years ago, I'm way more mature than I was. I would never be like, I'm mature. I've reached the final stage. I've the most advanced stage in this process, you know, like I, I, I am a student of life in the, you know, hopefully most genuine form. Hence the podcast. Hence why I like to have people on here that clearly know (laughs) more than me. Let's talk about it. You know, um, I, I think there are parts of my life that I'm definitely mature. And I've, and I've admittedly, I've heard that like people think I'm mature. Like people think, you know, I'm like five years older than I really am. Cause of like, even me getting married at 22, he were like, Oh, like, wait, what you're married. I thought you were like, or that you're like, you're 22. I thought you were like 26. I'm like, no, like, like, wow, you're really mature for your age and yeah. all this stuff. And I, I take that with a grain of salt. Cause I'm like, Hey, you should see me on a, you know, my Friday night when I choose not to sleep. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I mean, if you were, if you were, truly asking mm-hmm. for an answer for me on whether or not I, yeah. I think you're mature. I think the nature of our relationship is the answer. I'm 44 years old. You're 26. And we hang out all the time. Yeah. And we haven't driven each other crazy. Yeah. So either I am the <laughs> most immature 44 year old yeah that's out there or we're on similar paths yeah that's a good way to put it as far as what we think this means to be along the process of humanity um is is the answer to that question i i really like your stance of it's a process i think as soon as you claim to be something you're no longer that thing Mm mm-hmm you know, it's like being humble. As soon as you say like, oh, I'm really humble. Like yeah. You're not. Yeah. You know, and I think with maturity, it's the same thing. Like if you're claiming that you're mature, you're probably not having a mature moment. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and the older I get, and again, maybe this has to do with like the open mindedness of things is that I realize that I have faults and I realize I have moments where I'm not striving towards these. Right. You know, that I'm regressing towards emotional and judgment and responding and, and getting upset at someone's opinion or, you know, I'm not giving them the grace that they deserve. And, you know, I, I, I have those. I then reflect on them and I try to learn from them to move myself forward. But at no point am I going to brand myself as like, I'm mature. There's a great documentary from the French director, Michel Gondry, which is called I've been 12 forever. Hmm. And it's about his process and creativity and there are times when I feel like I'm still a 14 year old boy <laughs> in the way yeah. that I react to things. Yeah. Um, it's crazy to me that my son is almost going to be a direct reflection of that 14 year old boy <laughs> here in two years. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. He, he just turned 12, but 
it's um it's it's a lot it's a lot but i think that you know having these conversations even thinking about it means you're you're heading in the right direction Mm -hmm. i i never want to get to the point where i feel like i know it all right I I really want there to be, you know, continually more things to learn and, and to take in. And, uh, you know, I plan on doing that. I think a lot about the process of, you know, if, if you think, because it's 26, right? And you said you reflect. So if you think of between 21 and 26... You know, everything that you've learned and how you've changed as a human being. Like, wouldn't it be great to think that between 26 and 31, you have the same and between 31 and 37 and like you have that level. Yeah. But but not everybody does. Yeah. Some people hit, you know, mid 30s and that's them <laughs> until, you know, they they, coast. they yeah. pass on. Um, yeah. I really want to have the same growth and development. And I have thought a lot about that my entire life that between, you know, I'm, I'm 44 now, by the time I'm 54, I want to have the same growth I had between 24 and 34. Yeah. And it's different. It's a refinement, you know, like there's, there's some major things that like, that I went through then that I definitely don't need to go through again. (laughs) You learned your lesson. Yeah. I learned my lessons there, but I want there to be, you know, new lessons to learn, new new things to incorporate, um, and new technologies, man. I'm all about that new technology. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's that's beautiful. I just I gotta say, yeah, I think where it sits on that North Star of like that superlative the most, right? as soon as you acknowledge and you're like, Oh, I'm mature. You're not, it, it just, it is what it is. It's just, you're not, it, it turns out you yeah. aren't. It is that classic joke. Even like you mentioned humility, like I'm the most humble person I know. And like, for me, I, I try to preface as much as possible. So don't come off as like a terrible person about like things like that. And like, I always try to tell people like, Hey, like at the end of the day, there are things that I acknowledge and I'm confident in that I'm good at. Yeah. Right. Like I have yeah. things that I'm comfortable in and I've, been working towards I know I'm not perfect I wouldn't say like I'm better than everyone and their mother but like I'm good at these things and even when I talk about those things that like people even tell me I'm good at I try to tell them like hey like you know I tried my best to be humble about this thing like I'm not gonna say I'm humble about it right like I'm gonna try my best to be humble about this but I want to explain to you like this thing you know that I've learned about and and like try to approach it in such a way because like it's such a thin line (laughs) on on that that side of like trying to be humble versus like not being humble, but like sounding like you're trying to be humble or whatever, you know, and it's, yeah. it's such a tricky place, but sometimes it's okay just to say, thank you. Right. Agreed. That when someone's paying you a compliment, it's okay not to like go into like, well, you know, that's great. Or like, actually I'm not like, oh, that's a, isn't just, that the imposter syndrome? Just thank you. Just thank you for thinking that I still feel like I have a lot to learn, but yeah. You know, Thanks. But by the way, Dishno's amazing at Fortnite. Whoa. I don't know. <laughs> like well, the whole time he was thinking, I was just thinking like, yeah, he's really good at Fortnite. <laughs> and there are times when I'm dead and I'm watching him play that I'm like, what is, what is even happening right now? 
no, 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 no. I, I just love to play. Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah. Thank you. you. Yeah. There you go. There you go. No. Yeah. That's a classic Fortnite. And, and if, and if you are still listening at mm-hmm, this point, mm-hmm. thank you. Hallelujah. There it is. Being there on this journey with us tonight. I hope I hope you got something out of it. Do you yeah. feel more mature? Hopefully, you're on the process. I hope you said maturity. something out loud when he asked that. Yeah, I gotta say, um, this is why we do the deeper ones at the end to see if people will stay. But I also have to <laughs> experiment and find out because the last episode I mentioned, I talked about the topics. I, I mentioned the topics at, up front, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Ooh, stick around because we're gonna talk about this, this, and this." Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if people actually stuck around. So if you've stuck around, I want you to google define maturity and then i want you to get the um what is it the what's that called how you say something i'm the pronunciation pron- uh emph m oh M-f- yeah no i don't I what's don't that word that. i don't know i don't know that emphatic especially after lymphatic <laughs> never mind yeah if you listen to this Message me the word maturity. Uh, Dishyman, two wise, Instagram. Hit me up. I'm so intrigued to know who actually has listened to this. If you've listened to this and you don't do that, I respect you. I respect the, your decision to not do that differently. Yeah, or add uh, or add a comment on what you thought was missing from the 10 list. Ooh. Because that's even I'm sure better. there's not, we didn't hit everything. That's true. You know, there's, there's probably some, some big things there. Like if, if there's something that you think was missing, fill that in, fill in that blank. Yeah. Write your own 10 steps to maturity. (laughs) And then write a book about it. Call it to be or not to be. Yeah. Because then go around and talk about it. Cause that that seems to be the way to make a decent living. (laughs) True. But anyways, guys, it is, uh, admittedly getting late. Um, I feel like Justin did in that hospital bed that one time. So I think we're going to call it there. <laughs> Just going to drop that in at the end. Are you? <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening guys. We really do appreciate it. This is the last episode before, um, the finale and I'm super excited. I think I'll speak a little bit more before that, before that goes crazy, but you know, I'm super excited. This has been an insane journey and I'm glad for, uh, I'm, I'm happy to see anyone who's carried along and I hope you guys have learned along with me because that's what this is about so until next time catch y'all around thanks again for listening to dish knows nothing Follow me on Instagram at Dishyman or email me at Dishyman at gmail.com. Hit me up with topics and questions that I can address on the show. Remember to rate and subscribe. It's truly appreciated. Take care and stay grinding.